0: I told you not to go out tonight.
1: You are about to face the screen's most horrifying challenge. I
0: see something.
1: Sure.
0: Now, let's get out of here. Somebody
1: out there. You are about to face... <laughs> Maniac. Tonight won't be like other nights. Tonight, terror is waiting. Something's out there. Vicious, without pity. Turning the air thick with fear. A madman's out
2: there. A step too quick dangerously strong and your blood will stain the dark streets you are about to experience horror more real than anything you could ever imagine i told you not to go out tonight you're about to experience maniac you'll tear the life out of you an analysis film's release no one
1: under 17 admitted all right i am so excited. I cannot wait for this. A, a bona fide superstar joining me on the show right now. I can't believe it. From a, the, the owner, proprietor is the wrong word, but uh, he is the head honcho in charge of American Horrors, the the channel that I gush about constantly. And I've been waiting for days to say this heart motherfucking fisher <laughs> joining joining me on the show thank you so much for your time sir i appreciate it
2: it's a damn good pleasure to be here man <laughs> especially with a real horror fan i mean l- let me tell you
1: i i grew up in maine and maine oh shit
2: you grew up in maine yeah
1: so like maine the only thing that really is like like notoriety about Maine is Stephen King, so I'm a huge King fan, and and so like he his house is like 45 minutes from where I grew up, and so like you you kind of soak in that horror growing up, and some of my earliest memories are going to the home vision video and trying to do the sandwich method, where you know you take two movies that are you know like age appropriate you know, stuff that your parents would let you read. And then you try and slide one in the middle, hoping they won't notice. And it was always, I would go, I hear the, you. I'd go to the horror section first. And, you know, you have like the, it was, it was the late eighties, early nineties. So you had all the really cool covers and they were all super misleading, but they were all some of the, the coolest cover art you would ever see. So you try and pick one just based solely on the cover art and you'd sandwich it between like cartoon all-stars to the rescue and like you know something something wild like, like you know just <laughs> something like that like a mr belvedere tape and then you try and slide in what you really wanted to see in the middle and hope that your parents wouldn't cycle through and be like what is like bloody christmas what is this like so you, you try and sneak it in you know and um
2: Well, you know, I've got a video store professional here. Uh, My man, The Hobbit, is a video store professional. Hobbit, have you ever had anybody try to, a child try to sandwich horror? Well, now, we had a a system that would come up and say, hey, this is a kid trying to run an R-rated movie. (laughs) Gotcha. So, we, you know, we had more attention paid
1: yeah the tattler <laughs> yeah the system being the tattler in there trying to tell on the kids trying to uh well
2: then you probably really like the warning on american horrors why like, i i don't know if you've seen it for extreme material like when we've got blood-sucking freaks playing we've got this warning that comes like mom dad you gotta get in here your kids about to see something they're never gonna see what the hell's wrong with you get in here now your kids shouldn't see this damn movie i'm sorry kids but you shouldn't see
1: this <laughs> I haven't gotten that. Way. I, I I love the uh, like before all the movies play, it has the big long one that's like this movie may contain and it has like 50 things. And it's like it my may favorite cont-
2: for, for Hobbit is unjust beating <laughs> may contain unjust beatings. <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> it, right, it, it, and so I was I was showing my buddy uh I, I, like I, I had introduced him to it and like it pops up and he's like what's this movie that has all of it? And I'm like, no, it says it may contain all this stuff. And he, he got, like, real excited. And I was like, no, they do that to cover everything
2: because who like, well, knows what's going to be in it. it. Yeah, but some of these movies do have that kind of stuff. Like, okay, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but we play a film called A Bell From Hell.
1: No, That's- that one hasn't come up on the rotation for me yet.
2: Oh, my God. God. Yeah,
0: my shit.
2: The, the killer goes and gets a job in an abattoir a cattle slaughtering plant to get better at killing then he takes his sisters and strings them up naked upside down from these goddamn things and he's going to kill them
1: jeez yeah
2: that yeah, deserves they the warning show screen. real they show real cattle killing in it and stuff and i know that's not the biggest thing for people but in a horror film, one should be honest about these things and where our food comes from. <laughs> and in our country, our government has passed a lot of really weird laws to keep people from exposing animal abuses that happen at these uh, slaughterhouses and these these chicken plants. And so there's been a lot of activists that would sneak in cameras, like Project Veritas or Verita. Uh, if I'm getting that name right. And so they've been making it hard to expose that kind of stuff. And, you know, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, my dad was a butcher and that's not the easiest damn job.
1: Oh yeah. No. I mean, I know the Brady bunch made it look, glamorous with what was it, Sam the butcher, but
2: yeah no oh. it's not glamorous man it's it's tough doing glamorous that stuff. Sleep with that woman. What are you Yeah talking? Jesus no <laughs> oh no, bad so the the horror that I think that the warning what what I try to do is I think the warnings on regular cable are inaccurate. And they're warning you from the wrong crap. Oh no it's gonna have strong language in it. Protect your virgin ears <laughs>
0: There might be
2: an F-bomb. Oh, no.
0: Well, he
2: might say the word sex. Yeah, but come on, guys. This film, like, okay, you've got all these action films, and they're going to shoot 20 or 30 brown people, but that's it's okay because they're brown. They're bad brown people. <sighs> right, right. They're brown man. people with tattoos, so they're it's dudes, okay. Right. And, oh, they're dudes. It's okay. They're bad guys. So we can see 20 or 30 guys blown away without a warning. You know, or, or my favorite is the warnings now about cigarette smoking.
0: Yeah,
2: cigarette smoking. My buddy is having a smoke next to me right now. (laughs) I moved back to the Midwest from L.A. I moved back to the Midwest about seven years ago uh, to get out of La La Land. And it's not all La La Land, but they're not in touch with your average living person. And ladies and gentlemen, people smoke cigarettes. That's That's right. It's true. People smoke. Cigarettes. So the fact that Marvel Comics won't let Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four smoke a cigar, the fact that they've castrated Sergeant Fury, oh, he's not Sergeant Fury anymore, he's Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's not allowed to smoke cigars. Oh, it's okay for him to murder people, it's okay for you to shoot people in the face, but heaven forbid we do it and join a good stogie. Yeah,
1: you, you can't do that, no. Like, uh, heaven forbid. forbid.
2: It's fucking Dumb, my first f bomb of the show.
1: <laughs> uh, first of many, don't worry. It's fine. Uh,
0: uh
1: usually we have a counter uh so it's 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 all good. No, the um I I think um uh, and and that that's also a thing I've noticed on American Horror like par- part of my favorite thing is is in between the movies or the um you know like uh the 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 cast specials and stuff like that are the old commercials and trailers and uh there's like the old old beer commercials or cigarette commercials or the incredibly haunting Johnny smoke PSA that I hear in my dreams that
0: Johnny smoke, oh, freaks
1: me out, but Johnny I love
2: smoke. it. I love You're it. Feared so.
1: like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by his friends and enemies alike. And I'm just like, it's the Johnny smoke ad. Like I'm sending that when it comes up, I'm sending that over Snapchat to everybody. I'm like, it's Johnny smoke. That one. And the, uh, the, uh, the Tokyo sportswear in the haunted house. I love, like, I love that one. I yeah, can't okay. get that jingle
2: out of my head. So
0: Let uh... <laughs> Tokyo, take you, take you to the top. Like I Tokyo didn't...
2: Sportswear. is available now at your latest apparel store. Like I I will not
1: I will neither confirm nor deny that how much time I spent Googling how how hard it would be to find Tokyo Sportswear right now. Um and I found <laughs> we
2: wanted to do it. Okay. I've got a feature film. For anybody listening out there, you know, right now in Hollywood there's a writer's strike. Yep. Well, guess what, guys? I've never been a union guy in Hollywood because the unions fucked the writers. That's right. Writers strike. They fucked you on reality TV. They fucked you on your residuals for streaming. They fucked you on DVDs. They fucked you on fucking Blu-rays. You guys got to fight these dildos. You got to fight them. They're screwing you into the ground. They're killing you. And they've been doing it for decades. And the union, the WGA, what have you done for your members? You fucked them. Did you get a payback? Did you get a payoff, you jagoffs? These dildos that run the Writer's Guild, you guys have sold out your union members every damn time. So, folks, you want to make a movie? Come to me. I've got some great films. We've got scripts. We've had good conversations with the number one independent theater chain in the Midwest who want me to make movies for them. So, folks, during this writer's strike, come to me. I'm not in the union. I won't be in the union. And the only reason I won't be in the union is because they will not protect me. They will not protect their members. They refuse to protect the working man. They're full of shit, and they're looking out for the corporations. They are bought and paid for, ladies and gentlemen. But then again, I'm starting to sound like my role— on the hit radio play, NPR Armageddon. NPR Armageddon,
1: that's right. Yeah, I, I hear you're still at large out there. Um, that's correct. In, the heartbeat
2: picture is still <laughs> at large.
1: In the world of NPR Armageddon, which you can hear at nprmageddon.com. So make sure to catch up. And
2: uh, but, but Getting back to the horror, you know, in yeah. American horrors, uh, you know, I love finding those ads. And, and what I like to do is, okay, look, Public service announcements were part of how you got your your television license. The way you got your FCC license is you had to provide a certain amount of community service to the public airwaves because the airwaves belong to the public. And our corporations have steadily eroded that they've steadily shut down PBS stations. They've steadily shut down public broadcasting areas where people were supposed to be able to public was supposed to be able to access and make programs. So these corporations stop supporting the public and only kind of screw the public. So at American Horrors, we're all about the people, baby. And I know that's a crazy thing to hear from a horror guy. But I know for a fact that not one other linear streaming television channel plays as many public service announcements as I do. VD, it's not just for you and me, but VD.
1: Oh, and you the Pee Wee Herman crack. Oh, yeah, the crack Wee Herman. Oh, I love Yeah, it. that's
2: a good one. Uh, the Clint Eastwood on crack. And so what I'll do mm. is I'll play a, an old cigarette commercial telling you how safe it is to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> you know, like Joe Friday back from Dragnet. Uh, facts yeah. are in. Folks, it's okay to yeah. smoke Chesterfields. It's fine. <laughs> the government says it's fine. Smoke them while you got them. I am your representative of the truth and that vast television i'm here to lie to you for the mass corporations <laughs> and so then i put up the anti you know the johnny smoke ad or the uh men who flirt with death we've got a ton of them and i every thanksgiving and every christmas and every new year's eve uh i always run a ton of uh anti-drunk driving ads
1: oh yeah th- that's perfect like that's
2: the yeah i run a ton that's... of them you know and that's, I think, and I think it's important. We run a lot of like anti-poison stuff. Mm-hmm. We got this great ad from Canada. You know, this whole "Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't <laughs> yeah. find the penny like a muffin or a beat." <laughs> you know, and it's it's fucking it's hilarious. Uh, I, I love this stuff, and I do feel I am doing a public service announcement, and it, it does kind of inform you on the hypocrisy of advertising, the hypocrisy of this sacred. One of my favorite things that we play on American Horrors is the television seal of good TV. And it's this whole series G I N G O, B I N G O. And it's a little boy, and he's walking through the woods, and he's going fishing. And it's from the 50s. And you think you're about to see Opie, and he's going to be like, you know, waiting for the Andy Griffith whistle but it's not. And the, the announcer's going, your child won't see anything bad on our TV network. It's Dick Cavett. Yeah, it's Dick <laughs> Cavett. <Cabot voiceover. laughs> it, it's a Dick Cabot voiceover. And he's going, your child won't see bad guys who win. And so then I follow that up with like a triple X beer ad. <laughs> it's
1: so good. It's so <laughs> some good. Ad
2: for some violent TV program, you know, and, and I, I like to just put the contrasts up and let the audience make up their own mind and keep it entertaining, avoid being preachy and keep it funny because in between the horror, we're going for the laugh bone. I'm a big Svengulli fan.
1: Yes. Yeah. Svengulli is awesome. And you
2: talked about when we were off the air, uh, before we came on here, we were talking about geeking out, when we met famous people. Well, I got to meet Svengulli in Chicago in 2015 and, and I was total, I did a total Wayne's world I'm not worthy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worthy. And I got out of my hands and knees and I was bowing. <laughs> and Sven's just like, Oh, you get up. Just get up. <laughs> and he's grinning, you know. And it was really cool. And I got to meet him and his partner and got their card and actually tried to get them on American Horrors. But tv has them locked up.
1: Yeah, they, that's kind of the, uh, uh and I used to work, uh I used to be involved with a, uh, tv station that was a me tv affiliate and mm-hmm. uh they are i think i can say it i, I think I'm, I'm far enough out from my my nda that i can say it. they they are complete assholes about locking that stuff in and not working with anybody um they're they're very hard to work with so i feel well, like i can, I can
2: understand that, that you know you've you've got your exclusive asset like at american hours the deals i have like the gorecast show okay i kind of have a war not a war but Fuck YouTube. YouTube, you can suck my (laughs) motherfucking cock. Fuck you, YouTube. YouTube is one of the biggest censors of horror. People at home probably don't know this, but they invented rules to censor horror people. So a horror creator is unable to, what do you call it? uh, When you make your channel, you get money from it.
1: Oh, monetize.
2: Monetize. So if your horror is considered more than PG-13, they won't let you monetize. But here's the rub. They get to decide what's PG 13 and then change their mind in a heartbeat. Now, does that mean there's not advertising on your content? No, they're keeping all the ad revenue. So that ad, and I think they fuck over musicians too. I think YouTube is screwing musicians into the ground. They can't, they're not making money off of people listening to their music on YouTube. Get out of here. No, they're not. YouTube is evil, so I refuse, and they censor people, you know, the way they censor like Jordan Peterson and other people that speak out and speak their mind. We're all about communicating here. We're all being, we're adults, right? As adults, aren't we allowed to talk to each other? Can't we talk to each other? This shit with Facebook moderators and their crap. Can you imagine being on the phone, talking to somebody on the phone, and there's a moderator from AT&T saying, no, that uh, statement you just made was partly false. No, you know that statement you just said to your mom? That's uh that's not right. You know, our fact checkers that are paid for by Microsoft, they say that's not right. Oh hey, our misinformation campaign says that's not right. You get what I'm saying? Can you imagine that being on your phone? I would not have a phone. Having that at that happen? Point. Well, that's what's happening with social media. So what I would say to everybody who's listening to this, if you're tired of being so censored on social media, if you've got something, and I'm going to do a plug here. Do it. Plug plug away, man. Plug away. Here comes the plug. Okay. In the name of horror, and I've just made a deal with three different filmmakers about this. All the filmmakers that I've been talking to in the last year and a half, and also mainstream comic creators, have been running into an incredible amount of throttling down of their social media accounts. They've been having a really hard time doing their crowdfunding, Like even Mike Barron, who's a major, major comic book writer, wrote The Punisher, wrote critically acclaimed Nexus, wrote this comic book about a guy called the Badger from Wisconsin, which I love. (laughs) They were all getting censored and shadow banned and bullshit. Well, at American Horrors, you can take an ad out on my network for as little as 450 bucks, and you know it's going to get seen. It's going to get seen. We had 10 million viewers last year. That's right, folks, 10 million viewers last year. And you haven't heard about us in any lamestream media post, have you? You haven't read about us in any magazine. It's because we're not owned by the corporate media. The corporate media doesn't own it. I own it. I'm Hart D. Fisher, First Amendment advocate. I own it. So, therefore, they're ignoring our revolution. They're trying to shut us out. But we keep growing based on quality. So 10 million viewers last year. Let me put this into perspective. We had over 4,500 to 5,500 unique visitors a day. Average watch time per viewer on American Horrors is 39 minutes per viewer. Think about that 10 million times 39 minutes. That's a lot of people watching. That's a lot of watch time. So if you've got a movie that's going to premiere on Tubi or Freeview or Plex or what have you, how the hell? Are you going to get anybody interested in your movie if you've got to put out a super censored promo trailer crappy campaign that you don't even know social media is showing to anybody? And what the hell is a click through? What the hell is that? What's an impression? What's that? If you advertise on American Horrors, I'm going to put you either right behind one of those insane commercials or right in front of one of those crazy grindhouse movie trailers, and you're going to get attention. I can say this with authority because one of our guys is doing a campaign. And within a couple of weeks of him running his promo, he had 20 different contributors to his campaign just because of the ad on American Horrors. It's pretty damn good. And you're going to get, like, a lot of ads. If you go to Hulu, it's going to cost you 500 bucks to get your foot in the door. And you might get one ad on the air, maybe two. And who the hell's going to see it? Who's going to see it? You're going to get dedicated horror fans that are eager to see the next horror thing. Because horror fans are different. Horror fans are very special. They're loyal. They're hardcore. They're smarter than you think. People want to write horror off as dumb. It's not. Horror is one of the most significant genres we have as human beings. And it deals with fear, terror, hope, despair, anger, rage. It gives actors a gamut to perform across a multiple range of emotions. So horror is the bomb, and it translates worldwide. And we have a worldwide audience. Our audience is worldwide. So I'd say advertise with American horrors. You're going to be uncut. No one's going to censor you because somebody's got a cigarette in your ad or someone's got a gun. Oh, no, oh, they're yeah. going to
0: come. Heaven forbid oh, someone's no. got a gun. There's a
2: beheading in the, in the promo. Yeah, it's a horror film. Someone gets hit with a machete. So you could do that uncensored on American horrors. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on my Twitter, hit me up, or hit up Joy Horror Entertainment, or look us up at AmericanHorrors.net and advertise your insane horror product today, or your band. We play a ton of uncut music videos on the network. You got a new record coming out. You got a death metal video you can't put on YouTube. Talk to us. We've got uncut music videos from Slater, Obituary, Danzig, and so many others from around the world, like Dark Funeral. Amazing satanic metal band that sings in freaking Latin. But uh, I'm going to stop ranting for a minute and let you talk.
1: No, I, uh, I, you say that, and uh, I remember that uh, not too long ago I saw a really great um, cover of "All I Want for Christmas Is You" on the channel. Oh, not yeah. that long ago. So,
2: Voltage Hop. Right? Yes, oh, yes. Those guys are awesome. And it was interfere from Hungary.
1: And and it was one of those where like I saw it and I immediately was like, I'm gonna go pay and download and buy this. So I'm I'm a I'm a case study right there for it. I am a I'm a statistic in in your uh in your data there because I did. I saw it and I immediately went and I got it. So um That's I'm, cool, dude. I'm That's one of those. So um so how did how did America I'm I'm gonna ask a couple real basic questions because oh, go ahead. you know, I I I have to. Uh how did American horrors come about like what was the genesis that got it
2: started well i'll tell you the genesis that got it started was my wife's cancer in 2005 2006 my late wife bokako kalagoshi fisher and i went through a really difficult journey (laughs) when she uh when she had uh, ovarian cancer and uh, cervical cancer uh it was brutal she had a really nasty kind of cancer and we had been working in uh, independent film, and I had a post-production company called Crime Inc. And we were editing, like, music videos and, and low-budget infomercials and horror movies. And also, I did a lot of work in adult films. So we were cutting a ton of stuff in adult films, and we worked a lot with, like, Max Hardcore, Otto Bauer, Skeeter, Kirk Cove, uh, JM Productions, Vivid Video, all these major folks in the adult film, but mostly the outlaws. Uh, Rob Black, Matt Zane. It's uh, from Society One fame. Uh, I really like that band. They're a good band. Um, so we were doing this and her cancer hit. And it really knocked her the fuck out. Uh, her cancer was something else. And I realized that we needed to do something different than what we were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to pull our business out of adult films and stop doing adult uh, Cause Waka was was part of the team. She was editing movies and and proofing movies, and I felt it wasn't helping her in her recovery. Now, there's nothing against adult films, but it isn't good to watch it all day. You get what I mean? Like when you're working on it as an editor or post production, it's all day. Right. So it's great when you need it, but not all day. And so I felt like it's going to be better for Waka if if I start getting us out of this business. And we originally conceived American Horrors as a horror distribution company to, to take movies to Japan. Because oh. at this point in time, uh, my wife was Japanese and she was a professional translator. And she has uh, degrees in English. So the idea was we were going to get the rights to the Japanese market for horror films and put better subtitles on them. Oh. Because we, we knew, like, as a fan, that shit ruins the movie for you. Yeah. You know, you're in Japan, you're watching this awesome movie, and then they've got these really stupid subtitles that don't match the story. And the same thing happens to us as Americans. They put the wrong thing in. And so we conceived of American Horrors as a company that's going to sell DVDs to the Japanese market because at that point in time, the Japanese were buying DVDs and CDs more than any other country in the entire world. Period. So uh, we started that. And then in the year 2008, a friend of mine signed a deal with the Global Broadcasting Company, and they were going to do a cooking show. And they asked Jen, you know, who else do you know? Do you know anybody that does horror? Well, Jen was a friend of mine and did horror stuff with me, and she's like a voice in the Garbage Man opening titles. And so Jen's like, oh, man, I've got the perfect guy for you, Hart Fisher. And so they introduced me to this group. And here's what's funny. Like my background from doing the Jeffrey Dahmer book and having protest marches on my home and being on these talk shows where people are hating on me and shit. So it was really surreal to have my meeting, my first meeting with a global broadcasting uh, group. It was a bunch of middle-aged black Christian ladies. <laughs> And they all looked like the same people that were mad at me over the dumber. <laughs> <laughs> they literally did they looked I mean they were they were better educated you know th- those poor uh, victims families, a lot of them they they weren't running around with a bunch of college degrees. Right. but these ladies were all super educated super high level executives in the broadcast industry and they were launching new satellite channels for Europe like broadcast like big, they were launching satellites, and they were doing Americana. They were doing a channel called America Unleashed. And they had like eight different channels, and they were a big Christian thing. So they were backed by serious Christian money, and they they wanted a Friday night horror block. And so I had my meeting with them, and they were all nice and well-spoken and interesting. And I'm just like in this surreal moment, like, I can't believe they're talking. to me. Like, do they know who I am? <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be the antichrist of comic books. But, huh? And they're just excited. They're like, oh, yeah, we think this would be great. And you're going to produce a two-hour Friday night block for us. And part of the deal is you must be the on-camera host. Okay. And I was like, what? Because I wasn't really – I wasn't an actor. I, I was a director, and I directed my movie The Garbage Man about a black serial killer. I directed Flowers in the Razor Wire, Chance Meeting. I directed a bunch of music videos. I'd been on talk shows and stuff and done radio interviews, but actor, horror host. Hi, I'm R.T. Fisher for American Horrors. How are you today? So, boom, uh, we we signed the deal in 2008 and we ran out and we shot the first season of the American Horrors television series. And we made a deal with Burl Barr and Don Waldman to do the true crime uh, TV series based on their hit radio show. Uh, on outlaw radio. And uh, then the real estate collapse of 2008 and 2009 came along and wiped everybody out,
0: yeah.
1: wiped
2: everybody out. So now I had a full TV series done with me as the star and I'm doing meetings all over town and I'm trying to get it picked up because there weren't really any horror shows. You know, there wasn't any horror shows. And I can't even remember if I don't think Fearnet was even on the air then.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't I don't think, think so, don't think they so at that time.
2: And Fangoria had been trying for a long time to try to launch something called the Horror Channel, and that never got off the ground. And then there was uh, Monster, the Monster Channel, and that was, that was an odd thing that didn't really hit. I mean, I think they're still around. And then So I'm, I've got this show, and I'm traveling around, and I'm meeting people. I'm going to the American film market, and I'm trying to get it off the ground. And I, I had dreamed of doing a horror TV channel. And so I brought in an executive uh, post-production gentleman I'd known, Glenn Mattisoff, and Glenn had done a lot of work in post-production and had his own editing company. And Glenn and I were friends, and, and he had done the sound design on uh, Chance Meeting. Uh, the, oh, actually, no. He did it on our feature film. I have a feature that's sitting in the can, Flowers in the Razor Wire feature film uh, that I produced and edited and helped with the score. It's sitting, it's sitting on the shelf due to legal reasons, which really sucks, but that's the life of Hollywood. So Glenn and I were trying to raise $25 million for the FCC licensing fees. So we spent 2010 and 2009 trying to raise that money. And at a certain point I went to, uh, the NAPTI, uh, market in las vegas to sell the show to tv broadcasters for the people at home who don't know what NAPTE is it's n-a-p-t-e and it's a national uh, international broadcasters market where you come with your shows and other distributors come with their shows it's a lot like the american film market or con where everybody comes to meet with broadcasters and cable people and say hey let's make a deal i've got this footage i've got this series you know, let's, let's double down. And so I submitted the American Horrors TV series and True Crime uh, to a ton of people, including Fox and including the people at FX. Uh, and it didn't, people were more interested in the True Crime show. And so I had interest in the True Crime show, but I did not get as much interest from the horror show. They couldn't figure it out. Right. They just really couldn't get around their, the idea that, like, this is a horror anthology show with news, uh, interviews, shorts, music videos. And I had kind of, at a certain point, I'll admit it, man, I gave up. I gave up. We couldn't raise the money. And I had a falling out with Glenn. Uh, and we, I, I, I gave up, man. I, I just totally like, man, I, I don't think I can pull this off. All right. Well, what are you gonna do Hart? Let's figure this out. Let's see where's the next move. And then I get a phone call and, when I was in Vegas for NAPTI and Glenn Mattisoff was there with me, and one of the funny story about uh, NAPTI, uh, I stole my booth, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> but I stole my booth on the convention store, like a $15,000 booth. I stole it. I'm a pirate. Uh, so <laughs> that's a different story for after this. So Glenn, Glenn's in the airport getting ready to go home. And there's another, sitting in the, in the airport lounge with him is another executive, and his job is building independent broadcasters around the country. He's based out of Indiana. And uh, Mike Ruggiero is his name. So Mike and him are talking and he's telling him that, hey, I, I love horror. Hey, I'm here helping this guy with his horror show. And Mike shares with him that one of his dreams, and this is a guy whose job was to go around the country building independent broadcast television stations. And he was telling Glenn that, My dream is to start a horror channel. That's my dream. And someday I want to have my head cut off in a horror movie. So they hit it off. They exchanged numbers. Fast forward about a year. I get a call out of nowhere from billionaire Alky David. Uh, Alky David is the heir to the Coca-Cola bottling empire in Greece. And he was creating a company called Film On. And Film On existed right before Hulu. And it was like the European version of Hulu, you know.
0: Okay. And uh,
2: he was a very combative guy, and and he had a I don't give a damn attitude. So he kind of enjoyed getting to fights with Viacom and Barry Diller and all these different people. Well, he called me up because he was looking for a rabble rouser, ass kicking horror channel to go on film on. And. <laughs> He had me come into his house at Beverly Hills. Now he's selling me on the channel. So I roll up in my 83 Chevy Impala. (laughs) And this is circa 2011. And I'm in my 83 Mad Max looking Chevy Impala that my (laughs) friends called the narc. And I roll up in leather pants, a t-shirt that says gun owner victim. You choose. And, uh, we had a very good meeting, and he, he he poured forth a very compelling argument, and we saw eye to eye on things, and we hit it off like crazy, and boom! We launched American Hours uh, through his company, and we signed the deal, and I had to come up with 300 hours of content, formatted, watermarked, and ready to go in three months oh God, to launch man. on October 2nd, 2011. Holy shit! Yeah, oh my God. Oh, we pulled off a minor miracle, and I got to thank our our people. I want to thank Chris J. Miller and everybody else who helped me get it off the ground, especially uh, my late wife, Okako Kawagoshi, Stephen Nakamoto. Uh, The list goes on. And I'll thank Danzig, too, because Glenn, Glenn gave me the rights to air a bunch of his uncut music videos.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, and alternate cuts. So we have alternate cuts of his videos that you can't see anywhere else.
1: That's awesome. That's super.
2: Dope. Yeah. Yeah. So it, we started at film on and we went after it full bore and you know, my, my wife and I and my family, we sat down and had a big family meeting like, okay, guys, do we keep doing the post-production business or do we go after this full time? And everybody's like, We go for it. (laughs) We're going for it. Get out the machete. Get out the axes. Get the (laughs) whetstone. Get the bludgeon. Get the hammers. We're going out in the streets, and we're going to take heads, and we're going to bash in faces, and we're going to take names, and we're going to murder. We're going to murder until we get to the top because this is a goddamn horror channel. We're not a family-friendly goddamn thing. We're here to kill you. End think, of rant.
1: That's the only way to do it. got if, if you're going to do that, you got to go in that way, and you gotta, you got to have that attitude with it. So it makes sense. It's perfect.
2: Well, when you've got Glenn Danzig in your corner, <laughs> and you're training in MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, martial arts with a legendary Gokorchevichian, and Judo Gene the Bell, yeah. and you get thrown into a mat for fun, and you get twisted up like a pretzel, and that's fun you think I'm gonna be worried about putting my nose down and doing a little hard work for my dream channel to come true? I like a good fight. In fact, I gotta back myself off because I love a good fight. <laughs> 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 and well, I like damage. I got a taste for pain too.
1: Well, you know, takes all kinds, and it obviously well, has paid off because American horrors still going incredibly strong, still going and the thing i love about it is like when i when i put on american words cuz like i told you i work from home and so every morning uh my wife goes to work at, at like 7:15 i come upstairs to the room where i've got like set up as the office and I do two things. I flip the laptop open and while the laptop's loading, I turn on the TV, I turn on the Roku, and I put it on American Horrors. And that's like how my day starts. So then by the time Beautiful. by the time I've got that loaded up, the laptop's ready and I put in my password and it loads up my email and I start going through my emails and stuff. And like American Horrors is is like the um I, I liken it to It's the TV in the waiting room that is my office. Like, so it's just on, and (laughs) like, so I'm watching, and I'm like, I'll, uh, I, I got convinced late last year to start a Letterboxd account. So like, when a movie comes up, I'll find it on Letterboxd, and I'm watching it, and then I'll type in my review, and I've so I've logged all the ones that I've that I've been introduced to uh, through this, and um, it it brings me back to, you know, I'm I'm. 11 years old i'm way too young but i'm sitting in you know the basement with the tv and i'm swapping out vhs tapes um of of these horror movies that i, I shouldn't be watching but i am um i'm also uh, i was the only one in the house that knew how to uh program the vcr to record a channel on cable so i would get like the hbo guide and in the <laughs> beginning of the month, and I would go to the back where they listed all the movies out by alphabetical order, and I would be like, All right, nightmare on Elm Street airs this day at this time, and then you know, Friday the thirteenth airs this day at this time. And so I would have Dude, that- my
2: dad did that for me. I'm a child of divorce, <laughs> and my parents got divorced, and my father had on TV and first it was Spectrum. Yep. Or and then it was on TV, and he was one of the first people that had a that any of my friends knew. That, that had a, a VHS deck. And yep. it was a big, giant metal, like almost like a suitcase. Yeah. And it made a you know, chunk <laughs> and had big, clunky buttons. And then, uh, you know, since I, my parents were divorced, I would stay with my father every weekend. And uh, dad, during the week, I would give him, like you said, the HBO guide, right? Mm-hmm. When cable yep. came out. Yep. He was one of the first people I knew that hey, HBO. So every month I got that guide and I sat down just like you. And I found everything I wanted to see. And thank you, Frederick Lee Fisher, my <laughs> father taped everything for me and my brother. Everything. No questions, unless it was porn. He right, wasn't going right. to do. He wouldn't let us watch porn. I mean, a Playboy was fine. Tits and ass is fine. But hardcore porn—that's too much for a child. Yeah, get you know what I mean? It's a little. I mean, we all—we are all are naked. We all have seen nipples. We've all, you know what I'm saying? Like we're all human beings. We're all the same human animal. Right. And, but it's the hardcore sex is where it's like, "Ah, that's too much for a kid, man. (laughs) So dad would tape everything just like you're saying. And also, like you said about the VHS, there were moments for me as a kid, like, are they going to really let me rent Phantasm? Right. And I'm sitting there with my girl and I got, for me, I was in college age when that came out on VHS. So I'm sitting there with my girlfriend and we ordered a deep dish pizza on the South side of Chicago. And my mom got home from work early. And I wasn't expecting her to get home. And she's like, you got pizza coming? Yay! (laughs) So she just sits down. She's fucking down. And she's got her feet up on a chair. And she's waiting for the – and the pizza gets there. And the pizza gets there right before the first kill scene of the ball. The flying spear drills into the janitor's forehead and starts spewing blood everywhere. And that happens right when my mom's chomping on her her (laughs) first big, dripping, gooey red sauce – Oh. she's she's gone trash Pure <laughs> trash. but she didn't stop watching the movie and she ate all her pizza and you know here's something cool uh i had the pleasure of uh my mother kept our childhood home so i would go down to the south side of chicago and visit my mother and i would specifically program movies on american horrors that i could watch with her in that childhood living room. Oh my god, that's so cool. Where I saw all those VHS movies.
1: Oh my and god, it's... that's awesome. That is so so yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, and like I will admit it to the audience at home. I uh have had hot dates where I came home and I changed the schedule to <laughs> see what we wanted to uh get down and boogie to <laughs> little pants up dance off. What who, do I who have could little pants you Up dance off to? And then, you know what I found? The funniest part of that is, okay, I can't keep it up if I'm on the screen talking too much. <laughs> if the show comes on and it's me, yep, 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 yapping away, uh, my dick goes, woo, 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 woo. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not Patrick Bateman looking at himself <laughs> in the mirror. I'm total opposite, and I think it's very healthy.
1: I, I think that is the healthier way to go. I think that means you're not a, a sociopath like him. So I think I think that's okay.
2: I think that's right. And my lady friend could completely attest to this because I just like, Oh, yeah, yeah, oh no, no, <laughs> buzzkill, 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 oh, boner kill, boner kill. Find your buttons. Now she likes it. Like she's she gets turned on seeing me on TV, you know, she digs it. She thinks it's cool and you know, for her. One of the okay, when you work in entertainment, it's kind of surreal, right? So uh for her, I'm living in the Midwest. I'm in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and she didn't really grow up in entertainment. You know, she's never like I'm her first guy that's been working on TV and stuff. So for her, it's a trip to be working on a shoot and to do the shoot and see me doing the thing and and cut, take two. Oh, I screwed that one up. Okay, let's get another one. Ha ha, fun. We're having a good time. Hey, let's have a drink. And then seeing it cut, and then seeing it on the TV channel, like seeing it actually play in context, it's different. And so she loves the process and gets the little lady a little bit lubricated. Look at that. Everybody wins, then. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. That's the way. Because you don't want to get down for the pants off dance off if she's not properly lubricated.
1: Exactly right. That's the words to live by, kids.
2: For real, ladies and gentlemen To quote uh, Mr. Jones from Evolution There's always time
0: for lube There's
2: <laughs> always time for lube Yeah, there's, there's always
1: time Yeah, absolutely right No, see, yours yours was different than mine Because, like, my parents were very um, Like, they were not super into me being into horror When no, I wanted to be into horror No,
2: brother No, my mom was not My mom, uh Didn't like me to watch Speed Racer, the cartoon, because it was too violent. Wow, okay. My mother wouldn't let me watch the Spider-Man cartoon from the 70s, the Spins a Web.
0: Yeah.
2: Wouldn't let me watch that because it was too violent. And at one point in my childhood, my mother made an edict that my comics were too violent. And my father's job was the police, how violent my comics were. So my father had to sit down and count the violent (laughs) comics Versus the good comics. (laughs) Now the violent comics of course. Were superhero comics. Those were just too darn violent. But the good comics. Were little Lulu. (laughs) Richie Rich. Archie. And war comics. And cowboy comics where they shot each other with guns. And war comics where they blew each other up with bombs. And knives and guns. Those were fine. They weren't too violent at all. No of course not. Says heart to everybody in society now. You jag off, especially you <laughs> Facebook assholes. So it's okay for Call of Duty to promote their work on your platform, but I can't promote American horrors without you harassing me relentlessly. Yeah,
1: just the the uh, the absolute and total. Um, uh, though the word what's the word i'm thinking of um the it's it's such a joke uh joke is an easier word for me to think of in this moment it's it's such a joke that that you that you're exactly right there are you know a- advertisers that i mean look at um you know the stuff that gets advertised and the stuff that gets promoted versus the stuff that that gets flagged
2: um you know, that is everybody knows insane. Roundup causes cancer, right? Roundup yeah, causes yeah. cancer. It's banned in the UK. It's banned throughout Europe. You stop chewing your nails, woman. Sorry, <laughs> off air banter. Stop it. Uh, so Roundup is is kills people. Roundup causes yeah. cancer. Yeah, there's no censorship about talking about Roundup. Bomb. Oh, unless you say something bad. Right. Uh, like there's a thing right now where Bill Gates is behind this new chemical peel or he says it's a natural peel. It's called a peel on vegetables. And so this is not good for the vegetables. It's not good for you. You cannot scrub this coating off. You can't clean it off. It's stuck on the vegetable and it's called appeal, A-P-E-E-L. And they're trying to market this and they're trying to say, oh, it'll keep its freshness. And you look at two avocados and one's a 30 day old avocado. and One's in the appeal. Now the one in the appeal looks fresh and brand new. You'd never know. It doesn't have any nutritional value whatsoever because products lose 30% of their nutritional value. They lose 30% of their nutritional value within three days of being picked. Now, how does Hart know this? Because uh, Hart's wife had cancer yeah. and had to work really hard to keep her alive. <laughs> so I know a lot about nutrition and also all my years in MMA and all my years of working around professional fighters. You know, uh, Ronda Rousey came from my, my camp. You know, Hi. from Gokor and Gene the Bells. Yeah. Uh, I'm friends with her mother, and Rita maros is a friend of mine. So I know quite a bit about health and nutrition. So I've got this thing up, right? And it shows the 30-day avocado is completely rotten and the uh, 30-day old appeal one <laughs> looks brand new. And so I put this photo up on my Facebook page. And all it's it just has this meme and it just has the thing and the the the, the Freaking sticker on it, and I get flagged for partly false information wow. in my photograph from Facebook. Yeah. And who's paying for it? Uh well, the fact checkers politico, and the person paying for it is Microsoft and Google. Microsoft is coughing up money. Gee, who who's the guy behind Microsoft? Oh, Bill Gates. Uh, who's the guy behind appeal? Oh, Bill Gates. Yeah. But I don't want to go political. I'd rather talk about American <laughs> horrors.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the word that was escaping me, by the way, was hypocrisy. For some reason, I couldn't think of the word hypocrisy, but it, we got it now, so I'm good.
2: <laughs> totally, the, man. The, the you know, one of the coolest yeah, right? things I play on the network, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I really, one of my favorite things to do is to find really cool stuff from the public domain, like yeah. cool stuff, not your usual crap that you see. Like, I look at a lot of the the World War II War Department films mm-hmm. that were produced by our government, and There are times where there's a lot of divisiveness in our country, and I play this really good war film from uh, World War II survive. Well, it's during World War II. It's black and white, and it's – what's it called? Like, Don't Be a Sucker. sucker. Don't Don't Be be a Sucker. sucker. Okay. Don't be a sucker. And it starts off – you think it's going to be like anti-con man stuff, Mm -hmm. and actually it is. It's all about – it was all about the brown shirts and the Nazi party and how they Uh rose to power and how they used divisiveness to separate groups and make them fight each other. And you got this white guy there going, well, that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds great. And then you got this guy in a soapbox, and he's delivering this big speech, and he's got his brown shirt on. And for the people who don't know at home, uh, before the Nazis became the Nazis, they were known as brown shirts. They were fascists, and they were known as brown shirts, Okay. And they were known for their violent tactics, much like Antifa. Fascists do violent things, folks. Forget about the speeches. Oh, God, I'm getting political again. (laughs) Damn it! Damn it all the hell! It's about the actions, people! Forget about the words. It's about the actions. Let's get back to this thing. This thing's a really cool little thing that talks all about how people are manipulated and turned against each other. And the one white guy's going, well, it sounds good to me, until the guy... Starts talking about the Freemasons and we got to get rid of secret organizations like the Freemasons. And the guy's like, Hey, what gives? I'm a Mason. <laughs> like, so funny, man! Oh my God. So I, I find weird, crazy stuff and I don't play it all the time. I don't play it into the ground and folks uh, that are listening at home, there's no schedule. All right. So anybody who goes,
0: I want to know what's playing on Saturday night.
2: Hey, guys, when you go see Danzig play, does he give you a playlist before you show up? When you go to Coachella and Daft Punk is going to lay down the jams, do you ask for a playlist? Does the Rolling Stones give you a playlist before they go on the stage? Hell no. American Horrors is a horror party. And you handled it right, my friend. You know exactly why I made it. I made it to be a horror fan's wallpaper. Cause I was thinking like a college student, Mm -hmm. you get home from school, like you said, and you just turn it on and it's your wallpaper. And that's why I pay attention to the music. I'm the one doing the programming. So I'm the guy, I program everything and I program it like an editor. So I I'm editing these bits together. So I'll go, man, that Kurt Marshall does not flow into this commercial. Boy, those trailers don't go together hey, these trailers were done 20 years after this movie came out. This doesn't work. This isn't what it was like when I saw it on VHS in 1983. And I'm trying to, A, replicate my experience, like like yours, Mm -hmm. this notion of what it was like for us as kids to watch this stuff. And then also, as an adult, I'm a painter. I have a degree in art, and people forget that I'm an artist and did comic books for year after year. Uh, My comic company is back. Boneyard Press is back. And I'm drawing again. I'm painting again. And so I look at a lot of this stuff and you can see like that there's a difference in the film stocks from Italy in the 70s versus some straight to video movie in the 90s. They have a different lushness. And so as I schedule, I'm not going to put three black and white movies in a row. You get what I mean? Like it deadens the taste buds. And to me, I feel that the commercial breaks are every bit as important as the main movies. I think the entertainment of the commercials, and there's no starving dog ads on my network. There's no starving <laughs> kids. And there's no, hey, is your dick bent? How about you get this weird penile implant thing that's going to straighten out your dick? Did you see those bent carrot commercials?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I appreciate you not, <laughs> not running any of those.
2: <laughs> You're Only good. six shots. And- Only six shots at <laughs> your penis. Oh, God. Oh my god! We were going to spoof it. We so desperately wanted oh. to spoof that commercial, and we wanted to put our own voiceover under it because we do that. We have a show on American Horror. Have you seen Riffhead? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, Riffhead is on Friday nights. I'll tell you what, bro. Uh, I'm going to make sure to because the first season's only six episodes, mm-hmm. so I, I I will play it for a little bit, then take it off. Okay. I try really hard not to burn out content. Yeah. Like so with Gorecast. If people want to see the very first season of Gorecast, which is our show, our original program from Limerick, Ireland. Uh, Limerick, Ireland is known as Stab City, Ireland, (laughs) hosted by Johnny Danger Deadly and the Giz. Uh, The first season is playing on American Horror Classic. That's our new channel. Uh, We've been been upgrading everything. We had to upgrade the app. So right now it's kind of not working so good this week, but it'll be fixed by the end of the week. Uh, the main American, but you can see it through uh, AmericanHorrors.net yep. or online on Roku. If you've got a Roku, you can watch American Horrors Classic right now while we're fixing the app through We Are Streamers on a Budget, which is a showcase based out of Canada, and we're streaming fine through them, but our, our new app's not working quite right. The main app for American Horrors on Roku's working just fine, and I'm I'm excited about this. Like Like, we all hang out here. Uh, you know, Abby, what do we do on Sunday nights? Abby here, uh, Abby, sit forward and say hi to the folks at home. Abby is from AWE Booking and Promotions, and Abby helps us promote. So, Abby, tell me, what do we do on Sundays?
0: We sit down and watch the Sunday night lineup of programming on both channels.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, ladies and gentlemen at home – I doubt that the owners of Shudder are hanging out, watching their channel day in, day out. And that's why Shudder is going out of business, guys. Shudder's going off the air. It's not long for this world. That's why I outlasted Chiller. Scary good. It's Chiller. Mm -hmm. Scary good. And that's why we buried Fearnet. We're the best. We're the best horror channel out there. And and that's because we care. Just like Faith No More, we care a lot.
1: Well, like... For me, it's it's it takes the biggest. It, it has twofold that make it my absolute go-to for horror. Number one, it takes out the decision-making for me and the doom scroll of.
2: Gee, I don't know what that's but, like <laughs> dealing with this new girlfriend I'm dating. This new girlfriend is the queen of no. I don't want to see that. I don't like dead monkeys. I'm I'm tired of zombie. I don't want to. I don't like that actor. No, no. Yeah. Now it's a goddamn nightmare
1: yeah the the, the the doom scroll of you spend two and a half hours trying to find something and then by and the time me you on find,
2: Netflix, yeah I'll, I'll, okay, I work for a living. I'm busy. I don't have much time to sit down so the doom scroll. I'm gonna remember it, bro I'm stealing that. Do
1: it, take it it's yours. Uh, it.
2: I, I hate it.
1: You spend more time scrolling than you do actually watch. so it takes that completely out of the equation. number two, I thought for a while, I was one of those guys that was like I've seen you know so much horror like there's not much else that I haven't seen that people you know where oh you got to see this like I've seen all the stuff. I can't tell you how much stuff I've been introduced to through American horrors that I never would have even known about heard about had a a a, a whiff of and it has been stuff that like now I've been able to go and recommend stuff to people and and now I sound like I know what I'm talking about because I'm like, yeah, no, there's this movie and you gotta like, hold on, I have it in my letterbox. I gotta get the name of it because it's the one uh where uh Michael Moriarty plays his twin his own twin brother. Bloodlink. Yes, bloodlink, yes. And I'm like, I-, I saw that and I was just like how have I never heard of this before? I love Michael Moriarty, first of all, and this one's crazy. And so I got to it's then... Got a
2: score by Ennio Morricone. Like,
1: and so like, I get to introduce that to people, and then I look like I have a, a more refined horror palette because I'm like, yeah, you've seen this, but have you seen this?
2: Well, here's and, the funny part about Bloodlink, okay? So you've seen the film, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like it. Yeah. Well, here's the funny part. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. I don't always... Sometimes I would schedule movies to watch with my mother just to see what she thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my mom is a Midwest
2: mom. Well, does anybody want some lemonade? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jim Brewer making a joke. That's my mom. My mom was a big smiley look a grown Campbell soup kid, but we also called her Momasaurus Rex when she <laughs> lost her. Ah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Bloodlink. When you're watching Bloodlink, that's a rapey movie. Yeah, a little a bit. Yeah, of, and there's like a lot of like every. We were counting it off. My mom starts laughing. She's like, "Here we go. It's been <laughs> six minutes. Here comes some breasts." <laughs> and so we started counting it off, and it was like every six minutes, somebody's top got ripped off, and the one character's top is ripped off multiple times, and they are. Very, very lovely breasts, and I could tell the people at home watching, ladies and gentlemen, if you felt there were not enough breasts in your horror atmosphere because I know there's a lot of ladies out there. the number one consumer of horror is women now, uh most people don't know that it's women, and uh now it's kinda out. a lot more ladies are a lot more by than they originally admitted in the seventies or the eighties or the nineties, so now. It's kind of open and my lady friends are all very appreciative over the lovely natural-bodied women on American horrors. That's right. Natural-bodied women, not Victoria's secret, wafy, starved, like, are you on a soup line and have breast implants? Uh no, really beautiful women from all over the world. And watching Bloodlink with my mom was just hilarious. It's just like, here it comes. <laughs> here comes the rape. <laughs> And we were watching this in my childhood home in the childhood living room. I was telling you about. That's
1: so great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, <laughs>
0: there goes her shirt.
2: <laughs> there. Yep. There it goes. And Bloodlink was was that <laughs> that movie. And another one I watched with her was there's this old film called Dangerous Game with Sandra Locke. Okay. And it involves two women that use sex to get a guy isolated, and he they they tie him up and, and mess with him for like a couple of days while his wife and kids okay. Are out of town and they remade it later. Uh, Eli Roth remade it with Keno Reeves yes. and Lee Roy. Uh Knock Knock, yeah, knock yeah. knock yeah. sucks yeah. compared yeah. to Dangerous Game. Dangerous yeah. Game, there's dangerous games. Uh, and we we play that on American Horror's and I watched that with my mom and it's kind of a grueling movie. And at the end of it, my mom's like, I don't need to see that one again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one <laughs> and done. That was it. That's a one and done, yeah, yeah. But I was glad to, I'm like, and also. I thought it was really cool that my mom had the class to say, well, let's go on this ride. Let's yeah. watch the whole film instead of getting into 10 minutes and thinking they know the whole fucking movie. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen at home, you don't know where the movies are going to go. You've got to sit the hell down. and You got to invest the time and you got to watch them because especially at American horrors. The first ten minutes aren't going to tell you shit about where this movie's going because I work with a bunch of film historians. Okay, one of the guys I worked with is uh, Tony natoli uh, A lot of the short films that are on American horrors with the stop motion puppets. Uh, did you ever see the Caregiver with the rapey monkey?
1: Yes. Oh my
2: god. Yes.
0: Hey, Oof. Yeah.
2: Oof. <laughs> so you're saying your son had a problem with sugar, eh? <laughs> So uh, Tony worked at a video store in Los Angeles. I think it's called something, something matinee. I'm I'm drawing up Eddie, Eddie, something's matinee. It was a favorite store of Quentin Tarantino and it's a VHS rental store. And so Tony and the guys there, I'd hang out there and they would cue me in and they'd help me figure out different horror movies. And again, I'm going to bring up Chris J Miller filmmaker. Uh, And also I've been in several of his productions. If you guys want to see me, uh beat my suspect to death uh look up look up a, a mortuary massacre i play an evil cop uh if you want to see me beat up the hero in a post apocalyptic wasteland i believe that's called uh what's it uh 2069 yeah it's called 2069 uh i'm in the orphan killer 2 playing myself fighting a, a big jason Voorhees guy right. uh, orphan killer 2 bound by blood and i'm playing hart fisher <laughs> <laughs> It's a stretch. (laughs) So all these different people, all these folks, Ken Hall, uh, Harry Manfredini, they all cued me in to different horror films that play on the network. And one of the things I do is, okay, if Harry Manfredini, uh, for the folks at home who don't know, he's the guy who did the score for Friday the 13th. Yeah. The iconic... Uh, So he's a great guy, wonderful guy. Uh, He... He cued me into this movie called The Children, which is a remake of Village of the Damned, and the score for it is almost like a note-for-note rip-off of Friday the 13th. But Harry told me that a lot of times he'd get hired for a job and the director would want him to make a score that sounded like that.
0: Well,
1: I mean, it, it, mean? The, the the Friday the 13th score is hard to beat. Friday the 13th is, is one. It's in my top five of all time, um, and due to no small part of that was one that I actually got through the, uh, the video store sandwich and I would have gotten completely away with it, but whoever rented it first did was not kind and did not rewind. So my mom, my mom took out the tape and she's like, what's this? And she puts it in the, the VCR and it's literally that part where the arrow comes through Kevin Bacon's neck and it's like like, so it it pops up the arrow comes out through and it starts to rotate she just says nope hits eject puts it back in the case and i did not see it again until all of the tapes were stacked up on our way to go back to the video store so that was a near miss for me i almost had that one but it took me a couple extra years to see the the og friday the 13th but
2: for me, I got to see it at the theater. Uh, oh, I was lucky. so I grew, lucky. Uh, Damn. I grew up in Blue Island, Illinois, and that's on the south side of Chicago. And there was a movie theater there, and it just recently got a major renovation. So, folks, if you're in Blue Island, uh, definitely uh, give the Lyric Theater a look. They, they put a million-dollar renovation in it. This is the grindhouse theater I grew up going to theaters. Uh, it was double features. You'd pay a buck, and then later it was a buck fifty and it was a double feature, and you never knew what you are going to see. And it was about five blocks from my house, and uh, my parents would let me and my buddies go. And the theater owners didn't give a damn how old you were. They didn't care. Oh, that's so I saw Friday the 13th there. I saw, oh, God, so many slasher films there, My Bloody Valentine. I mean, so many horror films, The Grim Reaper. Uh, God, I got to go see The Blues Brothers there with my dad chuck norris double feature of a force of one and the octagon Ooh,
1: that's a uh, double feature
2: oh it's fantastic Oof. brother fantastic Oof. so that's where i first started for me and again my parents were uh, educated people they both had degrees in psychology and they were raising adults they weren't raising little kids so they did give me and my brother a lot of rope
1: see that's that and that's that that's the way to grow up and and uh i i feel like it's a lost like that's lost now now it's it's completely different and um you know the i, I think there's there's a lot of that that's lost um you know to kids now to not have that experience
2: mhm and it's it's a trip because i don't know i was a latchkey kid my yeah. parents got divorced when i was little i think it was like 11 and it was uh it was tough. You know, I had to go count I had to go to counseling and stuff with my mom, well, my mom demanded me and my brother go to counseling. Uh, but it was it was tough. But I feel that the divorce, like everybody talks about a broken home, right? And me growing up, I never once thought that I grew up in a broken home. Ever. My parents were both deeply involved in my life. They both cared about me and my brother immensely. And they let us know it. And they also held us to a higher moral standard, meaning if you did wrong, you had to pay for it, man. And they were serious about that shit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like they weren't
2: joking about that stuff. They were serious about if you were you did wrong. My mom's like, you do that, I'll take you to the police. <laughs> and she meant it. She goddamn, she meant it. My mom was no <laughs> no joke. And my father, you know, was serious. He he was, uh, so I was raised with strong Midwestern values, I feel. And also a strong tolerance for other people's values. I've traveled the world. And it's part of why I think you like the channel, because I'm tolerant of other people's views. And when so when people say tolerance, it means you don't censor them. You let live, you know, let bygones be bygones. One of the things I love about America is... We're founded on the notion that we're, we came here to practice our religions free, right? So the notion of religious freedom and religious tolerance is good. And in America, once upon a time, like my wife is Japanese, and when she first came to America, they they taught her like, never talk politics or religion with an American. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You do not talk religion or politics with an American. And it used to be private. And I'm kind of going there now myself. I'm not. I don't really want to tell people who I, I voted for anymore. I'm not interested. Like, it's none of your goddamn business who I voted for. You know, like, if my wife voted for, well, she couldn't. She was Japanese. But, you know, my girlfriends and I didn't always vote on the same thing. Uh, my mom didn't. And I didn't always vote for the same stuff. But I didn't, like, yell at her. It's her right to vote for who she wanted to. My mother, I found this out after she passed. She was a big contributor to, like, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the ACLU, all these different advocacy groups for freedom and free speech. And I think it's why my mom supported me in all my battles for the First Amendment and when people tried to censor me or shut me down. I mean, I've had a protest march on my house to try to get me to not do comic books. Jeez. You can see that on YouTube. Go to <laughs> youtube.com backslash crime pays heart. H-A-R-T. And you can see all my little journeys on Jerry Springer, Sally Jesse. Uh, you know, uh, some footage from the protest marches there because I had a live band and I had a keg and we had watermelon and a barbecue <laughs> and a SWAT truck. Well, every and good CNN party needs a SWAT news truck. There all day <laughs> and CNN headline news.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Every, every good party is not complete without a SWAT truck and a news van.
2: So, exactly. Think... So that's why the American Horrors Party is so damn good, brother. The American Horrors Party is so great. The channel's so great because. A maniac is running the network. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and, and, and you're you're right because like it goes from like there, there's no there there's no like subgenre of horror because horror is one of those genres that they, there's fifty billion subgenres now and you
2: well, know you never know what's gonna okay with horror I found this out all right I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question mm-hmm, yeah and I, and I I think you're gonna see where I'm going to with this mm-hmm. uh, okay as you meet other horror fans. Mm-hmm. Their tastes and what they're into are completely shaped by what film they saw when if you saw the Exorcist when you were seven, you're going to have a different feeling about evil dead rises
1: yeah yeah it's your 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 childhood formulative years kind of pave that way,
2: yes, yeah. Like because of I thought that it the it miniseries would I mean I love Tim Curry, uh and I love Stephen King, but I always thought it the second half of it sucks. Yeah. The big spider resolution is terrible. It's just as bad as when the hand of God comes out at the end of st- the stand to save everybody.
0: Yeah. Get out of here.
2: It's lame ending. <laughs> uh so uh, I was never a fan of the mini series. I mean, I like some of it and I love Tim Curry, but it did nothing for me. So when the They did the new It movie. I had a bias against it already until I saw it. And then I got to see it. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. This is damn good. But because of what I saw in the past, it changed how I felt about the future. Like when I knew food, a lot of times somebody's like making me a dish. I'll go, do not tell me what's in this. Just let me taste it. Otherwise, my brain is going to color my judgment. That's a term in chemistry. Okay. I learned this because I was supposed to be a chemical engineer. I was not supposed to be the mad genius artist I am.
0: Oh, no, he called himself a mad genius. What kind of an egomaniac is that?
2: Well, you tell me what you are once you start your own horror goddamn <laughs> channel. And you directed music videos and directed porno films and done comic books and acted in movies and did poetry. Okay, end of rant. Where was I?
1: Uh, mad, mad genius, chemist.
2: Mad genius, Chem- chemist. So in, in chemistry... Yeah. When you're doing chemistry, they, they teach you about coloring somebody's judgment. So when you ask somebody a question, and this goes in with push-pulls, uh, politically speaking, if you go up to somebody and you say, hey, does this look like blue to you? You've now colored their judgment. Yeah. But if you go with their beaker fluid and you say, hey, what do you see? You haven't colored their judgment. You've asked a question. And so horror is all about that because every film will color your judgment of the film after that. And it depends on where it hit you as a kid first. So different people have different tolerances. And, and also too, if you're, I don't know, when I was going through a really angry part in my life and I was really an angry person and I was in a very dark place, man, I really enjoyed Martyrs. I really enjoyed some of these really nasty, effed up, hostile yeah. you know a lot of these films i really enjoyed uh the work of max hardcore <laughs> it's a really horrendous <laughs> stuff uh and, it, and i make that joke because uh i know max and, and max just passed away and i used to do his video boxes i used to design his work and, and we used to hang out and have beers <laughs> max hardcore had beers with my mom <laughs> i think that yeah
1: that that's a claim to fame you can
2: Hell yeah. yeah. Well, me and my brother were both looking at like lumberjacks, like you say one wrong goddamn thing to my mother. <laughs> we're going to kill you. <laughs> and me and my brother are big fellas. I'm not a little fella. I'm a big boy. And Max was a little fella. And I'm also trained in the martial arts. And so is my brother. And my brother has no hair. My brother has alopecia. So it's hilarious when you got us together because he has no hair. And I'm a big lion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I've seen you in the, in the promos and, um, yeah, like I don't want to say could not be more different than that, but yeah, you've got you've got uh, the long, luscious, flowing mane of hair. So <laughs> the
2: luscious, flowing blonde long Luscious mane of hair.
1: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but no, you're right. Like the, the horror, especially is the movies that you see become the building blocks of your taste as you go forward and. You know, you find out where your lines are and then there are points where your lines move and adjust a little bit. And then sometimes you see something that is kind of, you know, a, a cross genre that might move your line a little bit and kind of open you up to something else. And, you know, it's, it's a really unique experience that way that a lot of other genres don't have
2: very true very true and you know to back up your your your, i'm gonna i'm gonna bring abby jean over here from uh all booking and promotions because abby abby's you know uh from a different generation than me and so she's american horrors was new to her when she started working with us and promoting the channel and what we're doing uh so for abby abby grew up with a different generation of horror right so uh she's a child of the 90s and the 2000s and She's in her 30s, and so she didn't grow up with the same stuff we did. And what I've noticed is, I'd like to ask this of Abby while we're on the air, because I've seen her have this real joy and discovery of these older horror films. So Abby, I'm going to ask you this. As a younger female viewer, what is it about these older horror films that you like better than this modern stuff?
0: For me, it's like For me, I enjoy watching these older horror films because they're more real. Modern horror films, there's so much CGI, there's so many like effects, there's so many scenes where you're just like the actors are acting in a way that us human beings on a daily basis, it's it's fake. There's so much fakeness in modern horror films, and I'm seeing the same tropes in horror films that it gets so boring after a while. Whereas with American horrors, there's more creativity involved. I can I watch these films and I enjoy them and I, you know, I'm not like, oh, I I can't predict where it's going to go. Whereas with the horror films of today, they're so predictable. I can't. They're just, I, I, get, I get so tired of the same predictability in all the films. You know where it's going to go. Whereas with American Horror. You know where it's going to go. You
2: have to keep watching. You can't take your eyes off the screen. There you go. What do you think about that, buddy? Yeah,
1: it's the word. The word that I always think of with modern horror: polish. There's so much polish, and everything is shiny and clean, and and it's everything too bright at
2: night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, There's in, no real shadows.
1: Right in modern horror. But you go back, and I'll I'll pull one that I watched from American Horror: Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. big bill shatner
2: favorite of mine from when i was a little kid like
1: you watch that and it's it's practical effects it's it's got a grittiness to it it's got a like there's
2: real spiders crawling all over william shatner how do you not love it and and
1: you know you've got a town that feels lived in it doesn't feel like a prop set It, it it feels like this community is lived in and like the the people feel like people, and it, you know you you want to follow them on this adventure today it's like you have cookie cutter thirty two year old guy pretending to be a
2: teenager number five, and that's who you got <laughs> yeah like, so then like it's all cutty like it's all okay for people all right as a professional filmmaker, these older films that are especially shot on film because when you're doing the process of shooting on film, you got to put more effort and care into what you're doing, because it's harder to light these films. Lighting these films is more difficult. Uh, Film costs more money. Digital is, is is like a hand job. Compared to film, film is like screwing a fine prostitute from Paris. Digital, it's a hand job. It's a good hand job, and it felt great, and you got off, but it's a damn hand job. It's a fucking McDonald's meal. So, real film and that's a lot of what we play on the network i I look at stuff like paintings and so i'll look at a movie on on american horrors and i'll go man look at the texture of this mario bava the mask of satan the black and white film i play on the network and it's gorgeous but it doesn't look like any other black and white film i've seen and then i'll follow it up with like the blood on satan's claw which is a british horror film and it too has its own unique like color sense and saturation and care put into every shot and it's not filled with like the human eye every time you blink your mind reorients itself in time and space it's a fact every time you have a cut in a film like you cut from one shot to the next it takes a certain amount of time for the brain to reorient itself into the fantasy and with this super cutty shit there's no way to fall into the reality of the fantasy. Do you, you, you understand yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, it makes I, total
1: sense, yeah.
2: So I'm choosing films that I'll reject a film if the audio's shit. Now, if some of the film, like we play a movie called The Hanging Woman. That's really great, creepy, zombie mystery, Paul Nashe, uh, great movie. But partway through, we've got an audio issue in the VHS that we got it from. And I left it in because it was like my experience of seeing it as a kid. So sometimes when you watch a movie on American horrors, it's going to have some audio, but, but not the whole movie, but it'll have stuff. It'll have like scan lines. I love that. I love it. It's, it's a visual painting. It's, it's not this pure plastic, boring, Nothing. A lot of HD stuff that I see now, these widescreen, re repurposed, recleaned up, perfectly pristine. They're boring. They're boring. There's something about that scratchy. Like I think you said it earlier in the show. I'm seeing something I'm not supposed to see. Yeah. That's a key component of American horrors. You're seeing something you're not supposed to be seeing. My content is isn't available on corporate horror. Uh, People smoke in my movies because people smoke in my life. Uh, People do bad things because in the world, people do bad things. And I try to avoid the propaganda stuff, you know. I've tried to keep a lot of the political advertising off. And I I paid for that financially. I have paid for it by not opening up my airwaves to certain uh, advertising content. But I I felt it was more responsible for myself. And I felt better about the network as a viewing experience to avoid that garbage, to avoid that crap, and to not make it a paid experience. Because when we first launched with Alki at Film On, we were like HBO. We were a subscription service to start with. And I said to myself, this sucks. This sucks. I want to open up my party to everybody. That's why the channel's free. It's free on Roku. It's free online at AmericanHorrors.net." It's free, and it's meant to be free so that everybody can watch. Not not kids. It's not for kids. It's really <laughs> mom and dad. You better yeah. better keep an eye. You may think it's okay, but there's a lot of boobies on this channel, and there is some sexual situations in here, right? We play this one movie. What, what's it called, Trike? The one with the guy killing people, the spike ball, Slaughter Hotel, the Klaus Kinski? Yeah, it is. So there's a movie we play on the network called Slaughter Hotel with Klaus Kinski, who's a notorious German madman. Crazy actor. Awesome. (laughs) And so there's a killer going through this insane asylum, murdering people, these buxom young ladies. And there's a lot of sexual situations in this movie. And there's one part where and I had not watched the movie from beginning to end. Right. And so on American horrors, we, we got a rule like no no double X or no no double X. No, we don't. No pornography. It's nothing going into anything. Nothing right? going That's into sad. anything. No penetration. That's fair. Uh, No no skinamax, but it's close to skin. You mean cinema? You know, <laughs> skinamax movies. Yeah, it's close. So we're me and me and the Hobbit here. You've hearing him talking. The manager of Comic Alley in Lake Geneva. Downtown Lake Geneva, Trike's Comic Alley. Trike's Comic Alley in downtown Lake Geneva. So Trike and I are sitting here and the Hobbit. Hobbits are goddamn horn dogs. Hobbits are goddamn <laughs> horn dogs. They are such horny, furry, feated bastards. You gotta make And so more oh my god, he's such a horn dog. So we're watching this movie and uh, I had never seen it from beginning to end until I watched it on my network it and it'd been on the network for years. We're watching it. There's a scene where she starts masturbating. But it's getting pretty, pretty heated. Uh-oh. And I'm starting to sweat bullets. I am sweating bullets. And the freaking Hobbit, you bastard. He's going, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go go in, in. Go in. Go in. And I'm like, no. No, it damn it. Going. No. No, 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 no. And Hobbit's like, <laughs> yes.
0: Put it in. Put it in. <laughs>
2: And I'm like, God, no, for
0: the love of Jesus and all his holy, please stay on the outside, stay on the top, on the top, on the top of the beard, on the top of the beard.
2: And luckily, they kept it on the top of the beard, Ooh, but, wow. oh, I was sweating bullets, man. <laughs> oh, I was sweating bullets. Holy cow. We have fun here. Yeah, we have a lot of fun at American horrors. American horror is a lot of fun. See, yeah. And my on... mom got a big kick out of it, man. You know, she really, <laughs> really liked it. She enjoyed it very much. Um, she loved talking about it with her girlfriends and stuff down in Chicago. Because my mom, my, my parents were divorced and my mom never got remarried, you know. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I left LA, uh, a big the big well, the reason I left LA was to take care of my woman. Uh, my wife and well, women, I knew my things were going on with my mother's health and she was in Chicago and I was in LA and I, I knew I had to step up. I had to step up. I had to be here in Illinois or nearby. I didn't want to move the operation into Chicago because Illinois has a lot of bad uh, laws against small businesses. Uh, and Chicago can be trouble for me. I can get myself into trouble there. It's where I'm from. So I got to avoid my illicit past. Yeah. So, uh we moved to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and you know, it, I got to tell you, man, they've really welcomed us here. We launched American Horrors the Roku channel. I launched from a hotel in Williams Bay at the Harborview Motel, uploading our content to the server through the hotel Wi-Fi in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's how yes. you got to do it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to run a horror TV channel, you better get ready to take off your freaking gloves and brawl because you're going to be in the ditches burn through the ditches and drag on the witches in the dragon i mean it's a rough ride ladies and gentlemen and you got to be in it like for real it's an endurance race and i love it i'm so happy you like the channel i'm so happy to be on the radio talking about it because this is my love affair i love this network i've been doing this uh since 2011 we got a lot of great stuff coming up man we have so much cool stuff coming up.
1: I love it. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be right here sitting in the office, the home office, with the TV on, watching it.
2: And Well, I'm going to announce it. I'll just go ahead and say it on the air here. Yeah. We've got a new world premiere series, right? Okay. So, okay, let's say you're an independent horror filmmaker, and you want to get your film noticed on Tubi. You're on Tubi or mm-hmm. Plex or Amazon Prime or what have you. It's difficult to promote your stuff on these platforms. Right. All right? And the corporation, they don't give a damn. They don't care. You got to get out there as the filmmaker. So with that in mind, I got in touch with my friends at uh, Marketing Macabre, and we had a discussion, and I came up with this idea. The idea is this. We're going to do world premiere, like world Roku premiere movies, on the American Horror Channel. Oh, that's awesome. One fright only. On Friday nights after Groovy TV, we're going to premiere starting July 4th Movies like The Human Hibachi 2, <laughs> nasty cannibalism film. I believe Troma's distributing that. Then we've got, on the following week, Kevin Strange's Cockhammer. That's right. I said it. Cockhammer from Kevin Strange. And I just made the deal with Michael Musazos. I, I, God, I'm massacring his last name. Uh, to put his movie Ravage Nation up. And these are films that we're going to play one night only for free on the channel to help the filmmaker promote their release on Tubi that's or Plex or whatever, you know, they're at. Because that's a big part of what American Horrors does is we're really dedicated to forwarding the agenda of horror. Good horror for horror fans. We're, we're good time horror. We love horror. We like all kinds of horror. And and we like horror horror rap. We like country horror. We like the Merkins. We like everything we're, we're really into it and we want to have a good time and we want to have a blast and we want everybody at the party we want everybody to have a great time but if you're a censorous asshole if you want to try to censor somebody or you want to bring in your politics uh, i'm going to cut your head off yeah that's right i'm going to cut your head off and i'm going to feed your mom your toes all right so we don't put up with any bullying and american horrors on the ways of censorship or you can't behave this way. Or you can't do this. Or you can't make Republican horror. You can't make Democrat horror. Oh, you got to be a blue this. Oh, you got to be that. Screw it. You got to make a good movie. That's what we want. We want good movies. We want good horror movies. That's what we want. Absolutely. That's all I care about.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Really is yeah. is just the quality of the end product. Period. If it's good, it's good. That's what matters.
2: And people could submit their work to us. You know, I was doing a film festival here in Lake Geneva for many years. But after my mother's death, I kind of hit a wall. I kind of hit burnout. So I, I put a pause on it. And a big part of why I did the film festival was to keep discovering new filmmakers, to keep seeing who's the next big director in horror and to meet filmmakers and to introduce them to new audiences and to have a good time here in Lake Geneva. You know, Lake Geneva is a pretty cool town. Uh, the people here have really welcomed me and they're good people. Uh, just be careful here. Uh, people drink a lot. <laughs> they drink a lot.
1: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's all right.
2: Oh no, it's the women you got to watch out oh, for. Oh yeah, in that case, hang oh, on my a minute. God. <laughs> I have never, ever in my life seen women, and I've partied with Russian women. I've never, <laughs> ever seen women drink the way they drink in, in Wisconsin. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm a drinker, man. I'm a drinker. I'm 235 pounds. I'm a big brother who likes to pound them like damn these women oh my
0: god oh.
2: run run and high. hide your jimmy get a codpiece <laughs> ladies and gentlemen get a codpiece before you show up at some of these bars here in lake Geneva if you're a big handsome man get a codpiece because you might have your balls grabbed it's actually happened to me in a couple of bars i've had some craziness with like drunk patrons i had some drunk old broad uh grab my nuts at this bar and found. Mm. <laughs> and and I'm like, get off me, get off me! He's like, what? You think you're all that in a bag of chips? I'm like, get out of me! <laughs> and she was chunk, man. She was like in her sixties. Oh <laughs> wow,
1: like, no, that's even better. Yeah, she's
2: just walked right up to me and grabbed just my packet. Bam, that's And a got a mac- good old honking grip on there. She got oh. the, the G.I. Joe kung fu grip on my my boy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And I'm standing there, the bartender don't know what to do. Like, oh my god, what's happening? I'm like, look at like with my Wayne, help me, Wayne. <laughs> he's not doing shit. Oh, God, dude, so I would say to people in town uh, If you're a big, handsome, blue-eyed, blonde-haired man You might want to bring a codpiece
1: There you go I think you can get those on Amazon before you go You get it delivered, then you make your trek up, it's fine It's yeah, all part like of the trip
2: Yeah, a codpiece won't even help
1: Yeah, that'd be fine um, Now, you, you told me also, uh, and I gotta touch on this That you had an extremely famous neighbor and I got to hear about this.
2: Well, here's the funny thing. I, I really believe that the people handling this particular four-time Grammy-winning star who <laughs> did the theme song to the James Bond movie, um, well, Billie Eilish and Finney grew up next door to me.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, they moved in when Finney was a little boy right next door uh, where I lived in Highland Park, where I launched American Horrors, you know, where I, where I shot American Horrors, where I, I shot music videos, where I mentioned the orphan killer. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hilarious uh, that interviewers ask, like, Billy, why is your music so dark? Where does this darkness come from? Where the spiders come from? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you. Because we had a Black Widow infestation in my yard and her yard. And if you want to see it on YouTube, you can. Look up Hart Fisher on the Verminators, part one and part two. Hart Fisher on the Verminators. And you can see the whole segment about the horror director, who's afraid of rats and spiders. (laughs) Well, the house next door is Billy's house, okay? And uh, Billy and Finney, their parents, Maggie and Patrick, they moved in when Finney was a little kid. And, uh, then they had Billy, you know, the mom was pregnant with, uh, Maggie was pregnant with Billy pretty quick. And so, uh, the, those kids grew up next door to me and we played our horror movies loud. So they grew up hearing all these horror movies played. And, and my late wife, uh, Waka was a horror fanatic. And one, one of the coolest things about marrying somebody from another country is, who's a horror fanatic is you get to share with them your collection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so he was in Japan You get to sit there and be like, oh, you never got to see Street Trash? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you got to see. Oh, yeah, these winos drink Viper and they melt. It's great. You've never seen this? Awesome. You've never heard of Wolfen? Okay, great. Albert Finney horror film. We're going to watch this. And so you get to have that great joy. And so as I'm going through this library of horror cranked to the max on the stereo, it's 16-inch Serwin Vega speakers, uh, giant stereo system. Their house is right next door to mine. You could hear everything in my house. I could hear everything in their house. So she grew up here in these films, and also uh, I'm her first director. So it's my understanding from examining like the history or people are letting forward because they're not being honest about her background. You know, uh, there really aren't. Uh, I'm her first paid acting gig. That's so. I awesome. believe. From my paperwork that Billie Eilish had her very first paid acting job for me and she's in the credits for American Horrors. She's in the opening credits for the TV show. She's one of the little girls and she's got blonde hair and she's holding a bloody knife and she's one of the little girls that walk with bloody feet through the frame. Oh, that's so awesome. And these are all her girlfriends and my neighbor's kids and we shot that in Highland Park and then she's also in the music video, Hollow from the band heard the humans and she plays death uh, because the, the plot of the music video is there's this rapey dude and he gives this chick a roofie to rape her. And she ODs on the roofie and Billy's there is death. And so she's in these two things. It's, it's not in her official bio. <laughs> Cause I really do believe her handlers are terrified of what I'm going to say
0: to the public about her, her family. Oh my God.
2: Oh my God! And then Finney was uh, was the kid next door, you know. And and I he was older than Billy, so I dealt with Finney a little bit more. And and Finney had a, a a band called it was originally called Hollow Point Eyes, and their mom's kind of a hippie vegan mom, so she's very politically correct, and she's like, you can't call it Hollow Point Eyes because of school shootings, blah 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 blah. So I think they changed their name to the Slightly's. Uh, terrible name. Yeah. And the band was really good. Like it was good. It was a bunch of teenagers. And it was kind of punky and fun. And I played it on my radio show because back then I was doing a radio show called Heart Attack Radio. If you're not ready for the truth, brother, then you're in for a serious fucking heart attack. <laughs> it was political. Uh, so I, I really know the family and and oh man, it's it's hilarious. And I love the fact that she's in the opening credits of the American Horrors television show. And promos that are playing to this day. That's so, yeah, that's, that's killer. That's so great. And we even did a making of the video show on American Horror. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I don't know when this is going to go on. You might want to let me know, but I am thinking about scheduling on Memorial Day weekend, a big bunch of cool original stuff for American Horrors. And I, I think, you know, as I'm here talking to you and I'm on your show, I think I'm going to schedule the making of the video. Oh, episode. yes. Yes. With all the behind the scenes footage for Friday night on Memorial Day weekend.
1: Perfect. Yeah, though, this will be plenty of time before then, so perfect.
2: Only on American perfect. Horrors Classic, on your Roku. Get it. It's free. And you can't beat cool that. With behind the scenes footage of like Billy sitting on her dad's lap, keeping her busy in between sets, you know, all kinds of great stuff.
1: That's awesome. That's that you heard it here first. That's it. Breaking the news right oh, yeah. now. That's it.
2: Breaking so, news, man. I just made up my mind talking to you on the air here.
1: <laughs> so I, I've, I've kept you for two hours. I'll let you. I'll let you. We, we got to have to do I'll this tell again. I'll give you what I'll give you.
2: What do you guys think? Can we give this guy another half hour? That's up to him. That's up to you,
1: man. I'm. I'm if it's good with you, it's good with me.
2: Well, my drink is empty and I want another one. So I'm thinking <laughs> let's go for another half hour. All right, let's do it. Unless I'm getting boring.
1: No, absolutely not. I'm worried that I'm boring you. So, no, let's do
2: it. No, we're kicking ass. It's just when I get to hour four or five, that's a nice. <laughs> and since I'm not on camera, I'm not on video. I'm not as tired. Like this is easier. Yeah. no. Like it, when you're on camera, it's, and they don't let you get up. Like I, I, I kind of, this Hollywood, Hollywood squares version of podcasting is like too much guys. And especially because frankly, okay. I understand the democracy of the Hollywood squares of podcasting, but Ladies and gentlemen, some of these people shouldn't be on the air.
1: That's 100 percent true.
2: Boring as fuck. <laughs> staring at their shoes, they're picking their nose, they're they're drawing like I do a lot of these comic book podcasts, and it's like, dude, do you know how disrespectful it is to the audience that you're just sitting there with your head down looking at your drawing while we're supposed to pay attention to the show? And you can't even be engaged in the show. You as the guest can't even be engaged in your own goddamn show. It's god so unprofessional, man. God. And people go, well, Hart, you're a madman when you're on these shows. Yeah, mostly because I'm, I'll say it. I'm going to drop the F button. I'm fucking bored. I'm fucking, <laughs> bored. I'm fucking bored. I'm fucking bored. I'm fucking bored. I'm fucking bored. They're boring the shit out of me, man. Yeah. You ever no. feel that way? Like looking at, like that, I can't remember who said it, the Hollywood Squares. Johnny Danger Deadly did. He said, you know, uh, Men in Boxes.
1: That's oh, yeah. He yeah. In box. yeah.
2: Heads and boxes just all floating there, and they're looking off here and they're looking off there. And come on, man. You know what? If they don't have nothing to say, turn off their camera. Right. We don't need to see 12 squares up there, 10 squares up there, nine squares up there. The Jesus, Zoom six. Meeting. What?
0: The Zoom meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom meeting. Yeah. It
1: gives me PTSD of my work day. Where I'm like, I don't want to be, a, like, I just left a Zoom meeting. I don't want to watch it, uh like, for my recreation.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay, I really like Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen to several different podcasts. I listen to Russell Brand. But I don't watch them. Yeah. I listen like radio, and I find it's a lot easier. Oh, it is. It, if it's... I have to sit down and look at it like it's TV. Every once in a while, Rogan will be entertaining with, like, the camera you know, but most of the time, I just prefer it as radio. I don't need the visual yeah. at all.
1: Now, well, most of the time, nobody adds anything for the visual aspect of it anyway. So, um, no, like the you mentioned the Gorecast, and the thing I love about them, not only like I, I like the show, but they are amazing at the promos for each show.
2: God, they're geniuses, like, right?
1: Like, the promos air throughout the week, and they tease, like, what's coming up on the uh, on the Sunday show. And, oh, my God, they're so good. Like, every time the promos, just they're, they're just home runs every time.
2: Those guys are comedic geniuses. And so I'm trying to pull together the financing to do a slate of American Horror's original films. And one of the ones I really want to do is Johnny and Giz go to America oh god
1: well, they come awesome. here to
2: America and like me and the hobbits show up at the airport to pick them up and we're we keep getting it wrong because they're Irish and we keep fucking up the Irish part like <laughs> we show up in Scottish kilts and bagpipes <laughs> at the airport and they keep getting America wrong like they keep thinking everything in America is what's on American horrors oh, so when good. they show up they show up in Tokyo sportswear <laughs> yes at the airport, <laughs> and we're playing bagpipes. We're, we're being triker and like kilts playing bagpipes of Scottish shit, and they're in Tokyo Sport. Uh, yeah. It's very much kind of like a Wayne's World kind of thing that we want to do. And we get them nothing but Guinness and Lucky yeah. Charms. And yeah. we only feed them Guinness <laughs> and Lucky Charms, thinking that's like the national food. Eat, item, right. Yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah. Guinness that's... and Lucky Charms,
1: right? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the national yeah. food. Yeah. So it's perfect.
2: Uh, and... Yeah. Yeah. Because I really love, uh, Johnny and Giz are fantastic. They're really great guys to work with, and they're so good. And I like. The- I don't agree with all their reviews, right? Right. And sometimes I'm watching their show and I'm going,
0: mm, <laughs> getting
2: <it> wrong, <laughs> getting it. but then I understand I'm a lot older than everybody else, and I've seen this stuff. And like you, these these strong ripper snappers okay. will talk about this thing like the brand new kind of wheat checks. I haven't eaten wheat chips since I was five years old. Without knowing like the pedigrees. Yet. Yeah, without knowing right. the pedigrees yeah. or knowing like who's the director, yeah. what he directed before that. But I love those guys. and I love the fact that they're of the moment. They're Irish and they have their own point of view. And God, dude. Oh, it's awful. Oh, did you ever see the interview they did with me for Boneyard Press? No, Boneyard? I
1: haven't seen that
2: yet. I got smashed out oh, of my mind. <laughs> oh, I should probably play it just no. for you. Oh, it's terrible. No, okay. it. You ever, I, all right. I like to have a beverage when I'm doing this stuff. I like right. to drink while I'm doing these shows or do these interviews. I like to have a drink in my hand. It keeps my, my, uh, it keeps me from popping my S's and P's. As a radio broadcaster, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I,
1: pop, I sure do. Pop, yep. Pop. I do.
2: So, uh, I like to drink and, and I missed dinner. I missed dinner going into this interview and I was drinking a lot of Jack and Coke. and uh, I wasn't making my drinks because I'm on camera, so my friends are making them and they're making them goddamn strong <laughs> and comfortable. You know, you're shooting Fine. with you guys. I know, and I'm smoking cigars and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm with my guys, but we kept getting delayed. Like I missed dinner. And we kept having technical difficulties during the recording because they're in Ireland and we're doing this, you know, overseas. So we kept having issues. So I'm drinking and drinking. By the time we do the interview, I'm
0: smashed. <laughs> You're serious, huh? You see know, this you about Max Deville and
2: DeVille. You guys don't know Max DeVille like I know Max. He's a great guy, he's got this campaign. For humor hunters on
0: Kickstarter right now, that's fantastic. You guys, go, you know, Max
2: is great. I love Max. You know that drunken guy on the bar stool. oh uh,
1: yeah, I've I've been that guy a time or two, but yeah, oh, I, right I know. You, haven't
2: done, no, you haven't, I haven't done it on the air. No, I haven't on on camera. And the guys look like they're in a train wreck. Like, how do we stop this? We can't stop this. And they're also looking like. They're from Ireland, so they love these drunken shit. They love. No, they, they said they didn't
1: notice. They didn't even notice. <laughs> it's like, oh,
2: this is great. What are you talking about, Hart? I chewed I, when it when it showed up. Like I did the interview, and then I'm watching it on the air, right? And I'm watching myself, and I'm, I'm watching. I did not see it before it went on American Horrors. Oh no! And I'm having a meltdown, and I'm watching it with Abby, who's giggling her ass off <laughs> next to me here. And she's just laughing and I'm having a nuclear meltdown <laughs> over me being, getting more and more tanked, more and more, and I'm just dying of embarrassment. And it just, they can't, I'm just like starting to tell them, I'm going to tell you
0: guys when to cut.
2: <laughs> oh my God. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I'm seeing this play out on my network. And I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is so bad. Oh,
0: I'm dying, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. Oh, my God, this is so embarrassing, this is so embarrassing, oh, my God.
2: Well, to punish myself, well, A, I called Johnny up the next day, and I'm like,
0: John, what you doing to me, you son of a bitch? Damn it, Johnny, you, you
2: could have cut that out. You could have cut that stuff out. It could have been a shorter interview, damn it. John, John. And John's like what? Damn great <laughs> episode. It's funny. What are you talking about? And he was honest. He wasn't like be- taking the piss. He was totally like, what? It was great. <laughs> and so to punish myself, I ran that goddamn thing twice a day for a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, that'll Thou do shall it. Thou shalt not get this wasted on camera again. Thou shalt not. Oh, you don't remember, Hart? Here, watch it
0: again, Hart. Here you go. <laughs>
1: So that's the equivalent of, uh, like, when, you know, the old story of the parents teaching their kids not to smoke by making them smoke the whole pack.
2: Oh, that happened to my dad. (laughs) Yeah, that happened to my father. It didn't keep him from smoking. And when I was a little kid, I saw my dad smoking. And I'm like, hey, Pop, what what are you doing that for? And I'm a little kid. I'm like, four. Wow, you want one? (laughs) Sure, I'll try. Gives it to me. (laughs) Coughing up a lung
0: why do you do that
2: i like it <laughs> i don't smoke cigarettes ladies and gentlemen i do not smoke cigarettes i do like a cigar though but then you are just puffing on a cigar you're not really inhaling it right
1: See, i thought you were gonna say i did that and then johnny smoke came in and told me not to
2: and i love finding those uh anti-cancer ads it's like so men good. who flirt with death and you know, if anybody out there wants to send us stuff or send us links to something they, they want to see on American Horrors, hey, I'm looking to run down every rabbit hole. So if you guys got something cool I should put on the network, I'm always looking for something crazy. I love it.
1: Uh, there's, um, uh, gosh, I got to figure out who the. Um... Did you
2: see Groovy TV? What do you think of Groovy TV?
1: I haven't seen a lot of Groovy TV, but it's like, it's fun. Like, it's a high energy, really fun. Like, from what I've seen, like, that's what I like about it, is, like, it's super fun.
2: hmm And, like, that's... Like the witch tank? I haven't seen that yet. You see the video, like, we are the sons of Satan? No! Because we don't give a fuck. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Um... And, and that that's part of my problem is, like, I, I have to watch in bits and pieces because, like, I'll start it in the morning and then, like, I might have a meeting at, like, 930, so I got to mute or I'm not paying attention or whatever, like, I got. And then I, I'll come back and it's, like, I'm part way through a movie and half my fun is, like, I'll try and figure out what it is before, <laughs> like, the end credits roll because I'm, like, I'm trying to pick out, like, an actor that I know or an actress that I know or, like – keywords and stuff that i'm trying to then look up and see if i can figure out what it is before like the credits start to roll and i can look up everybody but then well, i like,
2: think that's part of the fun isn't it yeah oh.
1: oh oh, it's so much fun because then it ends up being kind of like a little game it's like a back and forth little game and mm-hmm. so like i'll catch some of the segments like um i'll catch like you know bits and pieces of of groovy tv stuff and uh gorecast stuff and there was a uh it it cracked me up and i i only saw it i think i, I think I, I saw it once i might have seen part of it um is the um uh it was in the in the in the public bathroom with the nappy roots inter- it was like an interview with nappy After roots me. Uh, was that it
2: Yeah, that's Groovy TV. Oh, my
1: God. I was cracking up so much because, like, I always saw, like, the last, like, two, two and a half minutes, and, like, it cracked me, like, the whole time. I was just dying because it was so good.
2: Well, the way it works is Groovy TV, uh, we have two different blocks, like, for our original programming generally for people that want to tune in. Normally, we don't really give out our schedule. You know, we treat it like rock and rollers because we are rock and rollers. And plus, preconceived notions, prejudging wounds of film. So there's something to be said. And I I learned this from my late wife, Waka. Uh, Being Japanese, speaking a different language, I would, I'll I'll admit it, ladies and gentlemen, I would fuck with her. I would put on The Naked Gun and tell her it's a cop movie. (laughs) I would put on Airplane and tell her it was a drama. I would put <laughs> blazing saddles and tell oh. her it's a western. Oh man, that for young Frankenstein. And so she'd be sitting there, we we she'd have these expectations of like I'm gonna see this serious horror movie. And all of a sudden she'd be like, like about ten minutes in, she'd be looking at me, and she'd look over at me, <laughs> and she'd have this puzzled look on her face. And finally she'd go, This isn't a cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what am I watching? What is this? And it, it changed the game yeah you know and so without your preconceived notions without your prejudgment, everybody wants to talk about don't judge me don't you do it every time you say no assholes and guess what ladies and gentlemen uh dating's a competition yes that's right there's no blue ribbons for showing up and dating you're either gonna sink the pink or you're not there's no blue ribbons there's no hey thank you for showing up that's called a shot in a Guinness. <laughs> it's true. No
1: participation. Uh, totally true. Trophies. So with
2: these these shows, uh, what we try to do is Friday night is the Groovy TV riff head block, right? So Friday nights, and, and we we try to do things at eight thirty ish PM, and I mean eight thirty ish PM. It might be at eight thirty five, might be at 830 8 ish PM Central Time is when Groovy TV starts. And it's a whole block of, we call it, good time horror, hosted by Groovy Neville, uh, the late, great Groovy. And he, once upon a time, held the Guinness Book of World Records for most TV interviews in one day, like him as an interviewer. Wow. So then after Groovy, it's Riffhead. And Riffhead is like Mystery Science Theater 3000, only R-rated. Yeah, It's really, really funny. So Friday night this week, we're going to have Riffhead the best of the terror and and it's he's really good he was an industrial rock musician uh so he brings a different flavor to it and then we're going to start on the fourth of july one fright only which is our premiere series where we're playing a feature film that's really off the chain insane for one night you get to see it one night uh because normally it's going to be like something you're going to have to pay for it or rent you know what i mean uh, and we're working with a lot of really cool filmmakers on that. And then on Sundays, and again, this programming will rerun. So the Groovy TV and the Riff Head it'll rerun on Saturday, but I won't be able to give you a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Sunday night, 8:30 PM Central. That again is a rebroadcast of Groovy, but also mixed in with uh, Gorecast and our paranormal investigation show, Mission Terror. And we're about to update season one. Season one has been playing on American Horror's Classic. And we're about to update it. And the boys and I have been getting ready for uh, a couple of new episodes for season two. And they're putting together season three. And that's on Sunday nights. Also, we do a lot of music video premieres. Like, we work with a lot of uh, labels all over the world. So we've got a bunch of music premieres set up for Friday and Sunday nights and generally after uh, Gorecast and mission terror and groovy tv uh, i put on some kind of crazy movie i try to find something really cool you know what i mean something new something fresh uh like this week we haven't had on for a long time a really great christopher lee movie called the horror express oh, which yeah. is kind of a horror riff of uh, murder on the orient express and it's a, a pretty big budget film peter cushing uh who loves you, baby?
1: <laughs>
2: Telly, Savalas. Telly Savalas is in it. A lot of great actors. And it. it's actually a really fun film. And that's the thing I'd say to people. If you're a Spangoolie fan, you're going to love American Horrors. If you love Spangoolie, if you love Elvira, if you love Joe Bob Briggs, yeah. you're going to love American Horrors. And American Horrors Classic.
1: It's like uh, every single person that I have introduced it to will come back to me like a couple of days later and they're just like, this is fucking awesome. Like it's it it hits the all the right notes for a an old school horror fan, and even there are, there are the elements that speak to the new school horror fan. Like it it hits all the notes, and it's 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 a love letter to horror fans. It's the best way it that I can explain is. it. And like you know, you you talked earlier about. Um, like you know, remakes and redos and stuff. The the thing about it is, a lot of those, you know, when they upscale movies or when they, you know, they redo something, or you know, you have the 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 new and improved, you know, upscaled 4K Blu-ray of whatever. Like it loses that soul.
2: I'm and, gonna go back to the, the to your earlier statement. It loses that feeling, like I'm seeing something mm-hmm. I shouldn't.
1: Yeah. And so, like, I want I turn on American horrors, and it's got you know you said like the the the, the scan lines, or it's you know it's not a a an upscaled four K pristine uh, no. print, and I love that. Like, that's the best compliment that I can give. Is it's like it's perfect because it is. It's like it's like you're sitting in a room with a VCR and a stack of VHS tapes, and you're just putting one in after the other after the other, and it's just it's Perfect. And you don't know what's going to be on it. No, it's perfect.
2: And it's, it's just like they're worn out something you like you inherited a video yes. store and the labels are kind of scraped up and you can't quite read what's on the labels. So you keep jacking them in there and, you know, it's hard and you don't know what the trailer is going to be. You don't know what the warning's is going to be. And, man, I have found like I've been playing these really fun commercials uh, for Groovy TV and I will put in these crazy commercials to go with the programming. So, yeah. like, when I put on Gorecast. I'll make sure some of those would be like Skulls beer or, you know, more like princess beef spread, princess beef spread. <laughs> what the, what the hell is beef spread? And so I try to put in more Eurocentric stuff. And then when I put on groovy TV, I'm putting in like those old Joe Piscopo, Bruce Lee, Miller light commercial yeah. or uh, Wang computers. I love the Go Wang away computer away for ad. Yeah. Office
0: quite. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's
1: like, you know, a lot of computer companies only care about one thing or the other, but not Hwang, and I'm like, I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith for Rocky. <laughs> You're
2: a bum, Rocky. You ain't worth nothing till you got a Wang. <laughs> oh. oh my God. So I love that. So I, I flavor the commercials to go with the movies and to go with the programming. You know what I mean? And I'm signing a bunch of new horror host shows and I'm signing a lot of great content. So I know folks at home are going, man, the writer's strike. Yeah. The writer's strike is going to go on for a while, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So you better buckle down and get ready and tune into American Horrors and American Horrors Classic. It's totally free. And don't you love the fact that there's no commercials during the movies?
1: Oh, it's it's incredible. It does not take you out of it at all. And, um, you know, having no you're in the moment. Ad, ad breaks. Yeah, it, it's literally, yeah, like you're, you're popping in that VHS and... Um, You know it's, you know that game that I play. It's like I'll I'll look up, I'll catch it, and it's like you know, a third of the way through or two thirds of the way through, and I'm like, like
2: when a movie like Edge of the Axe comes, oh yeah, you mentioned uh, Night School, or you mentioned that demonic cat thing, the Uninvited. Yes,
1: oh, I love I love it, and. Uh, Amsterdam was in in the rotation for a little bit for a while and um... I'm
2: gonna bring it back I almost scheduled it when I was doing the schedule on Sunday I almost put in Amsterdam because you know Sunday uh, May 7th was uh, Wakako Kalagoshi Fisher uh, my late wife is the co-founder right so uh, it was her birthday on on Sunday May 7th so I made a point to program the stuff that she liked that's awesome. Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit it. I programmed a bunch of the American Horror shows on American Horror <laughs> Classic because, well, Waka caught him. Waka was one of the directors and was there. So uh, this is all very personal. American Horror is very, very personal. I don't think the person that's in charge of Shudder is actually doing the programming. Mm-hmm. I don't believe for one minute that the person who owns IFC is right there with the channel on doing the actual programming I am and I've got the channel on right now I've got it on right now and there's a really cool video on uh about a killer woman and it's going to go into gorecast uh and I love it I love my channel uh, it's a dream come true it really is it's the channel I dreamed that I wished was there when I was a kid yeah and I love it I'm 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 madly passionate about this my staff is madly passionate and I could use your support. People at home, I could use your help. The online store makes a difference. Uh, getting shirts from our store at americanhoursnet backslash shop. That impacts us. This is how we make our living. So you guys can help us keep the channel going and keep it running for free by buying some merch. Get a comic book. Get a movie. Get some clothes. You know, get a coffee mug. That really helps us. That really does, and this is my birthday month, and I've got a special uh, new Hart Fisher shirt from my role in NPR Armageddon, the hit radio play, where I'm playing this NPR uh, radio host rebel at the end of the world in Los Angeles, and I'm still at large. I'm still at large. So if people could buy that shirt, that that makes a difference. That really helps us out. Might even buy me a hamburger or hey. some more rum.
1: And if you know. Uh... We all need a little bit more rum. So, you know, if, if an extra shirt or a, a mug or a comic helps you get there, that's what we want everybody to do. And it
0: really uh,
2: does. It really helps support us. I, I'm serious about that. It's, uh, it really makes a difference. And I love seeing this in social media. When I ship out a comic book order or I see a fan in a shirt, I, I love it. I love it. That's just really makes my day and all the work that I work. (laughs) I work all. I work every goddamn day. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I had a vacation. I had to move twice in the last year. It's been unreal. Sunday night, beautiful night, beautiful day, sunny out, gorgeous. I wanted to go to the lake here in Lake Geneva, but I was working on all the programming for Sunday. I'm sitting there programming and it takes hours. (laughs) Couldn't go. So if you guys want to help me besides watching the channel, Buy some merch, man. That really makes a difference. and helps.
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna put up a link for that. Uh, AmericanHorrors.net dot net slash shop. Uh, there's something for everybody. If you're a horror fan, uh, all the sizes for shirts that will fit you. No matter uh, no matter how big or small you are. If you're like me, you're a, you're a small. Plenty of stuff in there. Uh, comics, all that stuff. So you're definitely gonna find something that you like. So support the channel. Support independent horror. Uh, an independent horror outlet, Americanhorrors.net dot net. And that that that's also the thing about it is people are like, Well, I don't have a Roku, so I can't watch it. Go to the dot go, go to the dot net. Go to the website. It's up there. You hit the button, you hit the little play button, pump, pose pum, it right and up the screen here's a
2: cool tip. Here's a cool tip about the website. Uh this is a linear stream. It's old fashioned television. You get what I'm saying, folks? Like it's streaming. Like if you get it to go take a shit, you can't pause. Yep. There's no pausing it unless you're watching through the website. For some reason, me and my programmers haven't been able to figure out why. But if you're watching American Horrors or American Horrors Classic through AmericanHorrors.net, you can pause it. Dude, you could pause it. Like, I've watched That's it on so the site, cool.
1: and I've never tried it, so I didn't know. Like, yeah. I've, I've watched it on the site, and I've never I've never even tried to pause it.
2: And so, I, I watch it, for, for, it for myself. I watch it through my PlayStation 4, and yeah. I'm pretty sure you could watch it through your Xbox. Uh, it plays on your phone. Any yeah. web browser, just yeah. go to AmericanHorrors.net, hit play, uh, and it. It rolls, baby. It rolls, and it rolls pretty good. I'm pretty happy with the picture quality too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like I've I've had it up on our um, on on the TV in the living room, here in the office, um, here on the phone. Like it, the quality is fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great viewing experience. So,
2: and it does work best. Like if you're watching it on like a a new uh, Super Duper TV set, uh, it works best if you set your your visual settings to your film setting. Uh, If you put it on the super dynamic RGB setting, super bright, it's going to look like ass. It's going to look terrible. You're going to want to put it on the film setting, and then the channel is really nice. Because, you know, the way you set your TV really changes how the picture looks.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like you go through those settings and they have like sports mode and game mode and all that stuff. And yeah, like that.
2: Some of those are like for 60 frames a second. And the human eye, a lot of people don't understand that the human eye functions like a human eye. And 24 frames a second actually works really well for the human eye. 60 frames a second is like too much for us. It doesn't look quite right. And that's why I'm like, go with the film settings, not the sports setting, not dynamic, yeah. not standard. You really want to put it on a film setting, film. and you'll get yeah, film. As, as the Gorecast <laughs> guys go, film, <laughs> film <laughs> setting, because Gorecast is playing right now as we talk in the background here. I've got the sound all the way down. Oh, that's uh, it's it it makes a big difference with the settings, and it, it really helps with your viewing pleasure. And also, I would tell people at home, we have the channel mixed kind of hot so it gets loud and it gets quiet. And remember, this is for mostly grown-ups and anybody over 17. this really isn't for your nine year- old:
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I would not recommend it for a nine it's like we do um no. we've we've kind of um, we've added a uh, a stand-up comedy show along with our podcast, and we say that's yeah that, that that's a 16. 16 and older show so like the podcast usually you know we we don't it's it's not necessarily an age cutoff but yeah so yeah not not exactly for the younger crowd so um but no i i can't tell you how much i appreciate you uh taking some time out and chatting and uh,
2: uh no, this is important to me it's exciting uh I am ready to wrap it up because I have yeah. had enough rum and cokes where <laughs> I'm, my teeth are floating
1: oh no, yeah, we
2: don't I think it smells like urine in here coming from me, and I haven't even like done nothing but belch
1: we don't we don't need that uh we don't need your eyes turning yellow, so uh you go ahead and you take care of that. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, reminiscing about early horror with me, older horror and bringing it to people with American horrors, American horrors.net. Is there anything else that you want to um, any, any last minute plugs that you want to throw in there?
2: Well, be true to yourselves. People definitely, if you want to see any of these talk show clips, find me at youtube.com backslash crime pays heart. You can see him on Jerry Springer, Sally, Jesse, uh, Larry King, CNN Headline News, you can see protest march footage, and also, again, go to AmericanHorrors.net backslash shop, pick up some merch, it really makes a difference. Uh, all the comic book stuff, I'm packing personally, it's not like somebody else, it's me, so I'm going to sign this stuff, so if you want a Poems for the Dead, if you want to get uh, a copy of these vintage comic books, the Jeffrey Dahmer comic book I did, uh, Dumber vs. Christ, Dark Angel, Build a Bull, Babylon Crush, Dead Girl, Flowers in the Razor Wire. We have all these books in amazing condition, and I'm packing them up, and I'm throwing really cool extras into the packages. So I'm the guy doing it. I'm the one signing this stuff. The stuff's affordable, and God damn it, you may be the person buying my rum that night.
1: There's no better gift uh, that we can give to you for that, so... For all of the work that you do So heart motherfucking Fisher I appreciate you and everything that you do Uh, I appreciate what you're doing With American Horrors and all of that So um, on behalf of Old school horror fans Everywhere I say thank you uh, For for keeping it alive For keeping it going Um, I cannot thank you enough
2: Thank you brother thank you And thanks to all the fans out there who watch You guys make this possible
0: And I love you and I'm going to keep going